There's nothing worse Here than go. a poorly Ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally as the world famous smoking and toasting. Yeah, well, so we got off to a, a little bit of a rocky start there, but that's all right. Uh, show number 259 is on, and we are thrilled to be bringing you this program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Those are all good things. Uh, it's show number 259, Ian, which puts us, I would say, just about uh, mm, halfway to 300, yep, I think. I will, I will take it. Hold on, it. let me do the math. Yes. Okay, good. Thank yes, you. I, I'm glad you're better with math than I am. <laughs> I was actually told there'd be no math when we started the smoking <laughs> right. and toasting show, so I, I, I have a tendency to just... I'm handling uh, it for you. Yeah, I, I, I feel those uh, right over into your side of the court, my friend. Well, welcome. Today we're going to talk about smoked holiday cocktails. Smoked cocktails. Because the holidays are, in fact, upon us. You know what the problem like with smoking cocktails is? What's that? Keeping them lit. Yeah, well, there's always that. <laughs> smoked holiday cocktails and... As if that weren't enough, Old Humble Distilling in the house today. Old Humble Distilling so in the house. So Joe Breda from uh, Old Humble Distilling is joining us today. He is uh, snagged in traffic, but he's, he's on his way. He's playing in traffic yeah, at the moment. He'll, he'll be here. Uh, and, and, you know, we never, we never want to get, uh, you know, too uh, – we never want to be too hard on guests who – are running late, but who arrive with goodies. With whiskey, yeah. Yes, exactly. So so just just for those of you outside of Houston who don't know this, um, Joe is uh, snagging traffic because traffic hour for Houston starts approximately uh, at 11.30 before yes. lunch. You're talking about the afternoon drive traffic time. Yes. Yeah. Starts at about 11.30. Uh, right before lunch and ends at about 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. So while our traffic is not individually as bad as some traffic hours, like if you've ever been stuck in traffic in Austin, it's terrible. Oh, forget it. Because you aren't moving. Yeah. In uh, Houston, Washington, D.C., forget it. Even in the worst traffic times, you're still moving a little bit. But the problem is traffic hour lasts, you know, seven hours. Seven hours, exactly. Well, and, you know, it was so interesting during the pandemic because when you needed to get out and drive, the it was highways creepy. were, <laughs> yeah, it really was. It was really weird. And I got to tell you, I'm uh, thrilled that things are opened back up a bit, but I am not thrilled at the return of the traffic because <laughs> it, it, it is pretty crazy. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. A couple things we want to take care of right here. First of all, uh, if you're watching this on uh, Facebook Live, and thank you if you are, but today is Veterans Day, and uh, it's a, I think, an entirely unappreciated, underappreciated, unappreciated day uh, because no one, in my opinion, gives more of themselves to our country than people who serve. Yes. And I did not serve, and that does not keep me from being wildly appreciative of those who did yes. and those who do. So if you are a veteran, uh, we salute you today and thank you for yes. everything that you have put on the line for us. This it's is awesome. this is your day. Also, don't forget, for everyone who's not a veteran, don't forget to thank people even on days that aren't veterans. Days. That's absolutely right. And you know what? It's never a bad idea if you see a police officer or a fireman, someone, someone who is in public service, frontline people in the medical field who dealt with all the craziness during COVID and are still dealing with it in some cases, mm. um, those people deserve a thank you as well. Because they, uh, you know, they, you know, no matter how you feel about the, um, you know, the activity of some members of the police force, the fact is that the average cop 
gets dressed every day, prepared to put his life on the line. Yep. Yep. And step step in front of a bullet if he has to to make things right. And that's a uh, he or she, by the way. And uh, so that deserves our respect. Doesn't give them a license to behave badly, but it does deserve our respect. And uh, and so we offer that uh, today as well on Veterans Day. Okay, the other thing we want to do is say a big thanks to Omar Vin- Vingar. Am I saying his name Vingar. right? Vingar. Vingar, thank Omar you. Omar Vingar. Uh, Omar with Mountain Fork Brewing uh, came to Smoking and Toasting for the first time last week. And uh, I, he, he, was, he was a fairly typical first-time guest in that... He, you know, his eyes got a little wide during the well, well, and uh, and he <laughs> no didn't, one, no one expects the well, well. Didn't quite know what to think of us, but by the end of the show, he was having a ball. So that's, yes. uh, so that's, uh, and he also brought some great beer. I uh, really, really appreciate and enjoy what they're doing at Mountain Fork. It's good stuff. Um, today's um, special guest, of course, Joe Breda, has been with us before. Those guys at Old Humble make some good juice, man. They are so fun. Joe's they, such a fun yeah, person. Yeah, they really can't wait really to hear what the so. news is. So, yeah. So looking forward to talking to Joe. Uh, we have some beers to try today. I like beer. Galveston Bay Brewing's uh, Seafoam Cream Ale. Have you had this before, Ian? I have not. I know you've had some of the uh, I haven't beers had Galveston, Galveston Bay. Bay, no. Okay. Well, this one should be... Uh, they're located in Dickinson, which I guess is close enough to Galveston Bay to be... Uh, uh, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, to be considered uh, uh, Galveston Bay Brewing, but we're looking forward to that. Uh, there is a brewery we have not had beers from yet. This will be our first today. The name of the brewery is Hop Butcher for the World. Hop Butcher for the, for world? the world. That's the name of the brewery. <laughs> so uh, you can uh, kind of. You know, I think know a little bit about what to expect from these guys. Brewers that are not into the brevity thing. Yes, that's right. We'll be tasting their Teal Ridge Double IPA. They're from Bedford Park, Illinois. And then I know you're going to be excited about this one. We've had a previous uh, iteration of this before, uh, but this is another one from Epic Brewing Company, the Big Bad Baptist Reserve. We've had Ooh, Big Bad Baptist, right. but we've not had the Reserve. So this is so a, this I'm assuming is a, a barrel aged, a touch extra. Yes, it's an imperial stout, barrel aged, and filled with all kinds of goodies. I'll let you uh, uh, read that from the bottle when we get there. It should be uh, it should be interesting. So Old Humble Distilling, of course, will be providing the spirits today, and uh, we have a whole lot of things to talk about. Actually, there's good news and bad news about Bell's Brewing, one of your favorite breweries. I don't want to hear bad news about Bell's. Well, uh, I'll tell you the bad news first, and I'll tell you the good news, which will probably make you feel better about the bad news. All right. All right. So fair enough. We'll get to that. Also, the Italians kind of love the Italians. The Italians. They do great things with leather and shoes. They uh, they make uh, great, you know, mob stories out of New Jersey, and they have discovered... Let's not forget Bistro Math, oh, by the yeah, way. yeah. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> They've also discovered a new advantage to craft beer, a new positive property. Uh, so far uh, unrevealed about craft beer. Awesome. So we'll be talking about that in the good news category. Of course, smoke cocktails for your holiday parties, some new cigars to watch for, and our... uh our drinking news today uh, will be uh, our, our drinking news teaser headline, if you're ready. Clearing the cobwebs for Mama. See, those teasers always sound better just surrounded by that little, uh, that little music. <laughs> we just need thing, that little so. sting of yeah, music absolutely. in there. absolutely. So uh, in addition to that, we want to say a huge thank you and congratulations to our friend Chris Hart, who does the uh, Whiskey Neat show, which is available for you to listen to. He's uh, uh, extremely knowledgeable about whiskey. We consider him our whiskey expert. And uh, every year, he and his organization and Alan Denning 
all get involved in doing the Whiskey Social. They took a year off for the pandemic, mm-hmm. and it returned last weekend. You and I were both there. Better we, than ever. We drank much whiskey and smoked much cigars. It was yes, wonderful. Yes, there was much whiskey yeah. and cigar. And so we have a segment from that. Uh, we did a little uh, live segment while we were there, not live live, but we recorded a segment to uh, bring you the sights and sounds of the whole uh, experience, and we'll be sharing that with you uh, coming up. Adam, is that something we can do in the first segment? Are you good to go with that, or do we need to get it set up? You, you may need, need a... to load it just to make sure it's in. Okay. I have it ready. Okay, so excellent. So we'll get to that coming up, and we have a whole lot of... Uh, a whole lot of whole lot of tasting going on here today, so I'm very excited about uh, a whole lot old, of tasting old going on in the house. So, uh, so it's been a, a crazy week for us. You know, we were uh, we were both quite, uh, uh, you know, had quite a good time at the uh, whiskey social, uh, and I know you smoked one of the. Um, one of the Olivas there. I saw you uh, You uh, made it away with an Oliva sampler. Uh, you know, since we, had, um, since we had Trenton on the show the last time over mm-hmm. at the uh, Briar Shop, it's brought Oliva back. No, Oliva never really leaves my attention because I really am a fan of their cigars. Absolutely. But it's brought it back. And um, so today, uh, when I went up to Casa, I actually picked up an Oliva Serie G. Oh, you did? Okay. And I haven't smoked a Serie G in... Probably a few years, mm-hmm. and I know I've never done a, um, a review on a Series G, um, so I thought it might be fun to go back and pick up something that is always there. Mm-hmm. You can like, always this find is the a Series cigar G. that you can always find, no matter what. It's not mm-hmm. a very expensive cigar. I'll go mm-hmm. ahead and let you know it was six dollars and fifty-five cents. So you're for yeah. a beautiful five by fifty-two box press Bellicoso. Uh, it's a beautiful cigar. Uh, yeah, and it's a severe box press, so mm-hmm. it feels awesome. Yeah, it's you know, just it's like, like square. Yeah, it's yeah. it's square AF, if you will. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, so this was the Oliva Serie G Maduro Bellicoso five by fifty-two box pressed. Uh, I actually was uh, about to put in on my uh, notes here all the information on where the wrapper, binder, and filler were from and everything, and then I got to chatting with the gentleman next to me at the <laughs> club, and I, and I totally skipped that part. But I did get the rest of my reviews. So you want to know what it's made of? Look it up. There you go. But, all right, so the appearance on this dark brown wrapper, mostly smooth, severely box-pressed, um, uh, single band uh, with a torpedo end on it, bellicoso, so it has that... Shape the uh, pre-light sniff on this rich earth and fermented hay coffee with a touch of burnt wooden match. Ooh, nice! Kind of in a cool way. You know burnt how like match, yes. Yeah, you know how that smells lingers mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. after you light a candle or something like that. Yeah, it was kind of a nice thing. And I don't know that I've ever picked that out in a cigar before. But I thought I that was. I don't recall I, you mentioning. I it, thought no. that was a really interesting thing because it struck me. I was like, that's what I'm. That's what I'm smelling right now. The pre-light draw on this, I used a clip on the end because it was pointy, and punching a pointy end is a little awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a light draw to it. Uh, sweet cappuccino, earth, baking chocolate, very bitter chocolate kind of mm-hmm. flavor. Really mm-hmm. nice. Um, uh, uh, and uh, pleasant spices overall. Nothing really definable, but just kind of a spiciness to it. The initial light on this, tangy leather. Oh, nice. Tangy leather and wood, backed by spicy pepper. Retrohale was wood and spices. Mm-hmm. The The initial light on this is very interesting because I kind of expected a big kind of kapow to it. And it really wasn't. It just had this really 
burst of tangy. So it wasn't uh, a Nicaraguan pepper blast. No Nicaraguan pepper blast on this, but this burst of tangy leather that just kind of infiltrates the senses. It was really nice. The uh, first third on its wood and spices dominate the palate. The wood has cedar and oaky notes aplenty. Underlying sweetness has a chocolate, almost pastry kind of, chocolate pastry kind of quality to mm -hmm. it that I really, really enjoyed. And it just sat underneath all the other flavors and rode the road in there it was really nice uh the um it had touches of leather and earth throughout the retro hill was cedar and a hint of coffee solid ash good burn by the way the uh siri g uh is a nicaraguan nicaraguan fillers with an african cameroon wrapper yeah i knew it had a different wrapper mm -hmm. on it that was very interesting and it had because it had some spices that just not not really used to, and, and mm -hmm. in a good way, you know. And Cameroon is a really interesting wrapper because it definitely imparts a flavor that is wildly different yes. from uh, from other wrappers. So, yes, and yeah. so it's, this is this is really nice. Coffee notes ramp up in the second third of this. Spices remain. Earth and leather come and go kind of playfully throughout this whole um, section of the cigar. Full flavor profile, by the way. Do not get this if you are a late. Uh, to medium cigar kind of uh, person. However, if you are a medium cigar kind of person, you want to step up to a full-flavored cigar that doesn't burn the tongue with pepper, this is a great right, choice to go Right, because a lot of the full flavors are going to give you that sort of pepper blast. Sometimes they uh -huh. do. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of pepper blast ones. Uh, oddly enough, some of the strongest ones that I've uh, that I've had, like the Siri R and stuff, are not pepper bombs. Right, that, right. But it is a very strong mm -hmm. present cigar. The, but full flavor profile, the Retro Hail is wonderfully woody, solid ash, good burn, the last third of the cigar. Tangy leather notes take a bit more space in the palate. Nutty flavors make an appearance. Kind of a Kind of a sweet nuttiness showed up uh, underneath here on the last little bit of this. The spices remain solid. Um, picks up a slight mint aftertaste that blended really, really well with the woody flavors uh, nice. towards the end of the cigar. Uh, the retro hail is wood and spices, solid ash, good burn. Price to quality, $6.55 for this cigar. Smoked for um, 50 minutes. Yeah. That's not too bad, and it's not a very big cigar, but mm -hmm. $6.55. <laughs> I give it a six. Nice. I mean, Oliva's just knocking it out of the park with an affordable cigar that has this kind of complexity and is a little unique in the industry, too. Like, when you pick up uh, their uh, Gilberto, you got a good cigar. That's when you right. pick up Smoked the, one of those last week. The, the, of course, you know, we rave about the Siri V. Like, that's mm -hmm. just one of my all-time favorite cigars. But the Siri G is just a little bit different. It's just, it's, it's kind of like the Siri O is a little more traditional cigar, too. The Siri G just has some different flavors in there that you're not used to. And, you know, I generally keep the Siri O Connecticut. I, I keep one or two of those in my humidor because they're great for when somebody's around and they want to smoke a cigar, but they're not yeah, something an a experienced little lighter. cigar right. smoker. And they, they, want just, they don't want to be knocked out, but something that really has great flavor to it. And that one, in my opinion... Outperforms like a Macanudo or a Dunhill. Well, I'll tell you, I, I picked up three cigars while I was in the shop today, and for whatever reason, the, these just sounded good to me. So the first one I picked up was a small, um, a small uh, Perfecto of the uh, 10th anniversary Perdomo, mm -hmm. and to me, that's just that's as good as Solid. a as a, uh, a mild cigar gets. Between that and the Aladino and and mm -hmm. the, um, the Hemingway series, mm -hmm. like those are just. Those are just you know great examples of quality. The other one I picked up was a Bien uh, a Bien Aventura. Ah, 
uh, which is, you know, that's less than $5. It's a small cigar, less mm -hmm. than $5, and a great cigar. And then I picked this one up as well. So all my cigars, uh, like the, the, the Perdomo was the most expensive out of the three, but they were all real small sizes. Right. I just thought, you know, why not? Why it's not? Just, that yeah. was the theme for today. Well, I uh, smoked an, a very interesting one this week, and it's one that, if I'm not mistaken, was a gift from you, my friend. Oh. Uh, and you have talked about this cigar before. Uh, but I have not, I had not smoked mine until this week, and I thought, you know what? It's been a crazy week for me. I wanted to just take a moment and really, really kind of settle into uh, something special. And so I smoked the Aging Room Rare Collection Scherzo. Ooh, and I know Scherzo. You, Scherzo, however you say this, the Scherzo. Uh, I know you talked about this, uh, uh, you know, a month or so ago, but uh, let me just tell you what I got from this. It was a beautiful medium brown cigar, uh, shiny band that has little brass knuckles on it. And one of the pictures that I took, I took a really kind of a close-up of the brand. I, I found no explanation for why there are brass knuckles <laughs> on the because why not? rare collection, but it it was kind of cool. Uh, anyway, it's a uh, it's a beautiful cigar. Rafael Nadal of Aging Room collaborated with AJ Fernandez, and I'll just stop for a minute and say hi to Joe Breda. Cheers, guys. Joe, how you doing? Joe, how are you? Uh, you survived give us, traffic. Give us some microphone on Joe there, uh, Adam, if you don't mind. Uh, so well, so welcome. We're glad to have you on the show. As Glad usual, make sure let's make sure your headphones are functionally voice. working and uh, and I can hear you. All right, excellent. Uh, so we uh, the rare collection series, Rafael Nadal from Aging Room collaborated with some guy named AJ Fernandez. That guy uh, again for this cigar. Uh, their 2019 collaboration, the Cuatro Nicaragua, was Cigar Aficionado's number one cigar for 2019. Yeah. So their last collaboration was really good. Yeah. And then what do you do to top that? They uh, they came out with the Rare Collection Series. It'll be ongoing, but each release very limited, focusing on a specific rare tobacco that was grown or obtained by AJ and Raphael. Uh, this cigar is all Nicaraguan tobacco, features a hybrid wrapper that AJ developed, and some of the rare uh, Pela de Oro tobacco in the filler as well. Some of this rare tobacco comes from a little farm in Esteli called uh, La Lidia Farm. Uh, the farm is dedicated to AJ's grandmother, who raised him in, uh, in Cuba. Uh, so there's your backstory. The pre-light, to be honest, not real intense. It was a fairly mild sort of uh, pre-light aroma, both on the sniff and the draw. There was an indication of kind of aged tobacco earthiness, a little bit of spice, and a sort of a sweet characteristic. Um, probably will not surprise you that I got a wonderful Nicaraguan pepper blast when I lit this baby up. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was wow. Uh, it did settle down a bit, but spoiler alert, the pepper never leaves the cigar the whole time. You right. Know, you probably could have uh, guessed that. Pepper, even a hint of cayenne pepper, actually. Uh, something a little bit spicier than your typical sort of black or white pepper uh, on the tongue for the entire smoke. On what, the initial light, I put cayenne pepper in mine did you as really? well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So what did happen, though, uh, was that complexity opened up on the cigar almost immediately. Uh, there were hints of uh, cinema... Cin Cinnamon and cardamom 
two words you shouldn't try to say too close together because it's easy mess them for up. you to say. Uh, they weaved around the earth and leather and cedar. First third, I thought was as good as the first third of any cigar I've smoked. I mean, it was just it was really just spectacular. Ash held on nicely. The burn was fairly straight, although I did bump the ash off at about the one third mark because the ash itself was a little bit crooked, and I was pretty certain it was going to fall on me. So, but the burn was okay. But the ash, you know, sometimes the ash just comes out with a little bit of a curve. Right. Yeah. Right. So it was kind of it was kind of like that. Um, anyway, the uh, the second third. By the time I got there, uh, it was almost like the flavors were dancing, sort of a well choreographed ballet on my palate. That's a, that's the only way I can think of to describe it. It was just uh, pepper, of course, cedar, a light sort of a fruity uh, sweetness, and a bit of an oaky note were uh, most prominent. I want to mm. mention that the retrohale on the cigar was spectacular. It was strong, but it was still nuanced. Uh, the pepper was prominent. Most of the other flavors were still uh, noticeable on the retrohale. Really enjoyable. The final third ramped up a little bit in strength. If the first two thirds were medium to full, you could almost say it was full-bodied by the time you got to the last third. Hmm. Uh, pepper tang on my tongue made the whole experience really enjoyable, and I also picked up notes of oak and leather in the cigars finale. Um, full, rich, chewy amounts of smoke, excellent room note, and this hard-to-describe feeling that I was smoking some really excellent rare tobacco. You just It just had that, uh, and I knew that, of course, right. about it, but you really got that sense of it as you smoked it, too, and that was, that was really awesome. I guess that's actually the whole point of the thing. Um, anyway, construction was good. I did touch it up once at about the halfway point. It wasn't a runner, but one side of the cigar stopped burning evenly. Uh, one quick touch of the flame, and it went back to behaving itself, so uh, no fault, no foul. Uh, I do have to say, this is one of the most enjoyable cigars I've smoked in quite a while. Uh, my expectations were high, but it totally met them head on. I'm not sure how difficult it is to find one of these now, because you gave me this like a month ago, mm -hmm. and I know they were extremely limited and probably was a lot of anticipation for them. Uh, but if you can, this is a worthwhile splurge. Uh, the Rare Collection Scherzo clocks in at 15 to 16 bucks. Uh, which is uh, enough to keep me from you know stocking my humidor with them, but uh, it's still in the range uh, for a good special occasion smoke. So uh, thumbs way up, recommended, and I'm going to go with the 5.5. Uh, I would say, yeah, a, a few dollars more uh, to smoke one of these from time to time. I would, I would totally, totally do that. So uh, yeah, I so loved it. I, it's interesting because I was looking at my review of it uh, as you were reading yours, and there's a lot of parallels in there, flavor-wise. Obviously, the, very many parallels. One of the most interesting things about it is it had this sort of tobacco sweetness to it, but it wasn't a Maduro. It was the kind of like right. tobacco sweetness you sort of expect to get from a good Maduro, uh, but it wasn't a Maduro uh, at all. So anyway, very very enjoyable. <laughs> I I dug it. Joe, welcome. We're going to take a break and come back and talk whiskey if that's all right. With you. Now that you're here, we're taking a break. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely and also, uh, when we return, <laughs> we will bring you our segment from the Whiskey Social, uh, which was uh, a lot of fun. So we'll have that for you coming up. You are checking out Smoking and Toasting, and we are so thrilled to have you here for show number 259. We'll be right back. Okay, can you turn my headphones down just a little? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome 
Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. The program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts for cigar lovers on the web and new designs coming for the holidays. Look for them online at MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Yes, absolutely. And welcome back, Joe Breda. Joe from Old Humble Distilling, one of our uh, absolute favorite uh, distilleries. You guys have been uh, knocking it out of the park for quite some time. And I know you reached out and said uh, it was time to come back on because you had something new. I do have something new. So. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me back. Sorry, I was late. It's all good. Uh, but uh, yeah, we've been uh, the Skunk Works were uh, busy over the last nine months or so. We've, yeah. We were developing. I think last time I was here, I gave you all a couple of samples on some stuff we were working on. This pecan oak that. rye. Yes, and, uh, yes. The double oak rye. Well, yeah. we picked one and today is the official Launched it. Unveiling. Unveiling, okay. Uh, on our on our show tonight at 9, I'm going to do the official unveiling. We kind of snuck it out yesterday on uh, live stream while I was doing uh, and, labeling, bottling, and everything. And can you tell us which one you picked? I did. Uh-huh. I will. Ah, uh, the double oak. It is our double oak awesome. straight rye whiskey. So what we've done, yep. that camera, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've taken a straight 95% rye whiskey. Uh, it's known as the Pennsylvania-style mm-hmm. uh, rye. Uh, it's been aged two and a half years in full-size 50-gallon oak barrels, and then we just crammed it full of more oak uh, to give it a much deeper, much darker, much richer flavor. Well, don't take my word for it. No, oh, we're going to open up I like how taste. this guy thinks. <laughs> you know? Uh, we're like straight he's, into he's it. He's not into that wait for it, wait for it thing. I mean, I could tell you all day yeah. long what it tastes like. He's like but the, the reality I just is, had to deal with. I could tell you it tastes like peaches, and you're going to say, oh, yeah, I can really taste the peaches. You tell me what it tastes Peaches like. come from a man, uh, from a can, and they were put there by a man. Did that take you a minute? Going to the country. <laughs> yeah. Going to eat a lot of peaches. I don't know why. Now that song will be with me all day. Good. And, and I will be to blame for it. Um, so this is, uh, 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 tell me the aging process again. So it's two and a half years and full-size barrels. Uh, and then the last several weeks, couple of months, mm-hmm. we just crammed it full of uh, extra charred oak, and it's the equivalent of about eight years aging. So uh, I will so tell you. Basically, all- what we did when we crammed it full of oak was the equivalent of taking it and breaking it into smaller barrels and aging mm-hmm. it, just like supercharging right. the whole aging process. Right. Yeah. Now, uh, on the nose, boy, you really get that spiciness. It's it's just yep. you can even even pick up like cinnamon and and uh, and almost uh, a gingerbread. Yes, to it. yes, absolutely. Uh, Ian, you've had a first sip. I, well, I call it research because, uh, <laughs> you know, if I'm not looking into it. So this is sweet. Yes, it is. It's sweeter than I expected, and it has heat uh, like uh, like a whiskey hug that comes back. There's no heat in the front of it, but it has a whiskey hug that comes back okay. in a nice, warm kind of way. This makes me want to sit outside on a chilly night with my chimney going. <laughs> yeah. It also has enough spice going on. Uh, I, I want to have this with pipe tobacco. Ooh, yes, that sounds good. <laughs> like that and makes by the me way, happy. We are talking about doing a pipe show because uh, we haven't done one this year. We're talking about doing one on the uh, last show before Christmas, uh, which will be, I think, on Christmas Eve. That's Eve. right. That'll give so, you just enough time to scramble. Yes, and, and go to, buy <laughs> a you know a starter pipe smoking package well, for I your loved ones. Christmas, you know, Santa always smoked a pipe, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, Christmas yeah. is a good uh, pipe time. That's perfectly but, appropriate. So, but you're right. This does just this offer has that taste signature like it would be great. Texas whiskey, um, mineral 
aftertaste to it that I absolutely love. It has, I can tell you, too, from living at a number of different places around the country, the water is better in Texas. It, does, it, it really is. Like, it doesn't matter whether you're in, you know, the hill country uh, or whether you're, you know, it, just the water out of the tap here in Houston is really good compared to, say, when I lived in Boston. It's awesome in Austin. Not, not that the water was bad, but it's just this just has more, I don't know, that minerality, I mm. think. What you get from all the limestone is, is really well, a big deal. The water we get, we get directly from the Lord himself. We capture the rainwater, mm. filter it, goes right into our whiskey. Mm. That's awesome. Mm. Get it directly from the Lord. That's There's awesome. A, um, a little bit of a, <laughs> gives a, little like holiness a brown to the sugar. The holy water. Yeah. <laughs> and the vanilla is definitely pretty big. Mm -hmm. But there's a spiciness in here that's just fun. Yes, yeah, it is. It, it, it definitely has all the, all the characteristics you would expect from a rye. Every yes. bit of it. Yes. The one, what I'm most pleased about this is... When you drink it, you don't get that shiver up your spine that you uh -uh. get when you drink that uh, medicine-y type of mm -hmm. uh, young-aged, you know, the two-and-a-half, three-year Remember rise. that whiskey we tried uh, a couple of years ago now? It was called Bib and Tucker. Yes. It was very medicinal tasting. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. that's that's what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. you drink it's, it and you get that little, whew, that's definitely it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that is absolutely not The opposite of what you have here. It does this, leave yes. the mouth. Uh, astringent and dry with oak. Mm -hmm. There's yeah, oh, no there's, doubt that there was oak involved there's, yeah, in this. There's no oh, yeah. missing the uh, the influence of the oak in it, this. It, it is sure. very aggressively. Well, the word would be aggressively uh, aged, but it's not a lot of. Uh, it, it's not that that heavy oaky heat that you get with. Mm -hmm. uh, with well, with uh, like bourbons and corn whiskeys and things like that, because it's I mean that it really balances out the rye really well. Balance is a great word for this because there's a lot going on here between the spice and the minerality and uh, the sweetness, and yet it's all just wonderfully balanced. This is a very very good whiskey. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm enjoying it tremendously. Yeah, the I'm, distributor I'm is coming to pick up boxes uh, next week. Mm -hmm. Should be arriving in your finer liquor stores across the state a couple of weeks after that. Then what is this going to retail for? $35 is the suggested wow. retail price. kidding me. And it will be available starting next Saturday, available at the distillery. Have you made a uh, an old-fashioned with this? Not yet. On tonight's show, we're going to do an old-fashioned. Yes. Uh, yeah. I can only imagine. I, I bet think this it would work, yeah. I'm trying to imagine with the... With the uh, Dark cherry in there and orange zest and everything, but it's going to be amazing. You know, having having just been at the whiskey social and having, you know, just recently tasted uh, some other ryes, I can tell you that to my palate, this is every bit as good as what Whistlebig's doing. Now, I, admittedly, I didn't taste their nine thousand dollar whiskey, but this is this is at a at a thirty five dollar price point. This is exceptional and as good as whiskeys that are retailing for twice, three times that and, in my and opinion. And you are welcome to pay $9,000 for this bottle. Uh, you know, I'm you sure, I'm that sure you would, one, this I'm bottle sure right here. Bottle. Yeah. Happy I, mean, I, no, I would, but I'll you even, said you have I'll to even knock off. You. I'll even knock off 10% for the drinks we just had. I was going to mention, by the way, uh, <laughs> during the break, Joe took the little uh, cellophane wrapper off. And one of the things that I try to do uh, for Ian when we're bringing in a spirit of our own from home is that I like to take not only the cellophane off, but I also will 
try to clear the neck of the bottle a little bit before I bring it in, mm-hmm. so there's no danger of spillage. Yeah, that's or, a safety so Ian, concern. Yeah, really. It's, it, it really oh. is. You know, so that's Ian's, fair. Ian's always commenting that uh, that I've taken care of him yes. in, a, in a safety kind of a way. So, <laughs> uh, so, uh, but but no, yours was yours was all the way full. So that's uh, the, it, it has that it has that going for it. Um, in fact, Ian, it was filled yesterday. This uh, is that's so cool. This is like that's an so cool. oaky vanilla cinnamon treat. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I still stand by that whole gingerbread thing going on, too. Yeah, it's there's, definitely it's, there's there. something there. What were your initial thoughts on it? What would you describe it as, now that we've said our piece? I describe it, I try not to, because I don't want to influence what other people are going to experience when they drink it. Because taste and flavor are very subjective. Yes. Sure. Uh, sure. You know that with your cigars. It, it's, it's very true. Uh, I mean, this does have a little bit of that flavor of the sunlight reflected off of a blooming sunflower i'll take that that's sure. good that's really good yeah. you should write that down <laughs> I mean, it, it... only a blooming one though right. not, not fully, <laughs> fully open. to me it, it's i'm not a big fan of rye or i haven't been a big fan of rye whiskeys mostly because when i drink rye whiskeys they're either they're they're either unbalanced or they're too sweet or there's just there's either too much to them or not enough to them and there's something just unbalanced to it it's either uh the high corn content rye that are like you know the 60 percent rye and the the rest is corn and it's too sweet and there's not enough barrel to it or it's too much i was i was very very hesitant to go with the 95 percent grain uh mash bill but when i started playing around with the extra barreling and the extra charring to get that balance to it um that i mean that's when i started discovering like what I could really get it to taste like mm-hmm. and what I really wanted it to taste like is I wanted it to have that full bodied, uh, 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 full volume, uh, uh, symphonic type of taste to it, it where, yeah. where you're getting the entire orchestra coming in mm-hmm. and not just, you know, being heavy with the tubas or, or, or uh, you can't be, you can't have too much trumpet. But uh, just being like, but you can have too much tuba. <laughs> let me just Absolutely. say, yeah, let me just say. <laughs> but you know, not you know, being able to have the full, the full or orchestral type of uh, flavor to it, but still have that 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 well balanced, uh, uh, that well balanced experience. So so you're not just you're not just getting hit with. Uh, like I've been on here before, like with, and I've talked about IPAs and the IPAs where they just over hop it and it just. And we may have one of those today. Smells <laughs> like yeah, and it smells like perfume. It tastes yep, like yep. perfume, and you don't get any flavor of the beer. A lot of times when I've had rye, that's kind of what it reminded me of, where mm-hmm. it's just like so much of something that everything else is just pushed to the background or pushed to the side or, or 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 just diminished. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to get that balance, and I found I could get that balance with the oak, and that's what I would tell people: it's a full bodied. Full flavor experience, but very, very balanced. I will just mention, as someone who played the tuba for a year in high school band, there's no subtlety to the tuba. (laughs) None whatsoever. My sophomore year in high school, I was first chair drummer. And the band director insisted that I move to the tuba in my junior year. So I went from, like, being the cool guy out in front with the tritoms, you know, flipping sticks around and stuff, to being... It just wasn't. It wasn't fun. It wasn't a good. Wasn't a good. There was a commercial on years ago where the kid had to practice tuba and he's yeah. sitting out in the middle of a field, 
Then the mom comes to pick him up because she obviously dropped him off to practice his tube out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what the commercial was about. But yeah. was, yeah. See, when I, I was I a kid, it. it was the Westfield tubas uh, that were legendary. Mm-hmm. I play. I was humble high school grad, and I played trumpet. But it was the Westfield tubas that were legendary. We could, you could still hear them. If you want to play a cool <laughs> bass instrument, upright bass, not a tuba. Yeah. Well, unless you're in New Orleans. Well, okay, you, you, you may have something There's a time and place there. for it, too. You may, you may have something there. I was not in New Orleans. Yeah. I mean, New Orleans <laughs> is, a weird, is a weird place for, like, weird instruments. It's a weird place. It is. It's, it's also, also, like, tubas, place to tubas are acceptable, and, and, and accordions are acceptable mm-hmm. in New Orleans. What do you call the little uh, accordion? That the just, squeeze box. Is, that, is it just called the squeeze box? <laughs> There's actually another name for it, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. But yeah. Steve Martin plays one in this show that I'm watching right now on Hulu called Only Murders in the Building, which oh. is fabulous. Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez it is like one of the greatest things I've watched <laughs> in a long time. That's three, an- three episodes from the end. <laughs> That's an odd. It, bunch it really of is, but it, it is it is so smart and crisp. Not to detour into a TV thing here. One of my uh, it's so smart and crisp. It's just wonderful. Uh, one of the uh, one of my friends on the uh, comments said, "You can talk about which booze mixes best with eggnog." So I simply put Malort. <laughs> Malort mixes with eggnog. Malort doesn't mix with anything. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Um, For a new this, holiday season drink, Malort and mayonnaise, people. Malort and mayonnaise. Is, traditionally, it's brandy and rum. But right. I like whiskey. Mm. Mm. I like this whiskey. I don't I think, think this, this would mix well with eggnog because it's got a, it packs a little bit too much of a punch. I like. A, what is the uh, ABV on this? What's the ninety? Uh, ninety. Okay. We do ninety proof whiskeys. Okay. Um, how long? Do you, I know you said it aged for two years, but what was, on the whole process of this? How long did it take you before you knew this was the one? The total is about three year, uh, two. Two and a half plus about two months mm-hmm. uh, with the extra oak, and I started monitoring it after about four weeks. And will this be a limited release? No, nope. this you, is going this into is the stores. This is a full-on uh, uh, mm-hmm. production line. That's awesome. So, awesome. How, how many different uh, um, distillations do you offer now? We're up to four. Okay, and I've got plans for at least three more. So let me just say we'll look forward to uh, what is your what is your core line right now? What all is in in the core line? Uh, the straight whiskey, the special reserve, and this is at joining the core line. Our uh, Boomtown Bourbon will be re-released. The Boomtown, that's the one I can remember. That's the one to. in the different shape bottle. That is the one. That's that's the one in the different style label. Yeah, it's oh, that's what it is. It's is the clear it the same label. Shape we, haven't, okay. we haven't updated the label yet to the new style labels. Uh, okay, gotcha. Uh, but probably in the new release, we'll update that label, um, and then. The Boomtown will be re-released in the spring. I'm going to have a special edition 72-hour blackout bourbon that is made specifically with the uh, captured snow melt from our 72-hour blackout that we had back in February. Oh, how cool. Uh, I love that idea. I, when you said blackout bourbon, see, I had a totally different thought. As to <laughs> I remember the blackout. That was the intention. Uh, yeah. Parts of it. But I fought the blackout with my own blackout. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, what I, we'll, we'll that's where I thought you were going. Yeah, yeah well, so. that was the double entendre, too. Uh, we'll take that same recipe and turn it into a regular label after the uh, special edition labels are done. Uh, and then... Uh, so there'll be two bourbons. We have another rye. We're probably going to go with that pecan, pecan See, oak rye as later I recall, in the year. I really liked that. It was a yeah. really good rye. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, and then I'm I'm beginning to explore the notion of a single malt, 
and a rice whiskey. Now, let me ask you this, because you guys are a, a small... Which I guess would be four. You guys are a small <laughs> distillery. Very. Uh, you've managed to, at least here in the Houston area, you know, I see you in all the right stores. Mm -hmm. Your stuff is on the shelf. When you come out with a new expression, how difficult is it getting, okay, we've that already got we've already got three, now we need a fourth or whatever? <laughs> it depends. Yeah. Uh, some places... Some places it's harder to have one than it is to have three. That makes sense. Uh, they don't want just the one single label. They right. want four. Or they want right. five. And if you're coming to them with one and telling them, we got another one coming in six months, they're like, well, we'll talk to us we'll in six months. We'll talk to us in six months, right. Yeah. Um, if you're coming, if, you've, if you're already there and uh, you know, you've been performing, they're more... Uh, acceptable of a new one coming in, right? Uh, it, and, and you know sometimes it just depends. There's some places that are, you know we just do high volume stuff. That right. We only do Jim and Jack and uh, Wild Turkey, and that's it. And I don't shop there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know um, what I mean. And and it depends on the store. I mean, there's some stores that they're like, all we do is unicorns. Give me all of the stuff that you have that nobody's all the ever crazy heard of. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. interesting. Well, uh, I got to tell you, this is a, this is a wonderful addition to the line. I'm glad that it's a an ongoing and not a, a limited. As much fun as the limited ones are, uh, this it'll be great to be able to go back and get another bottle of this anytime that you want to, and that's uh, that's fantastic. Now, see, flexibility is important here. See, we were going to go a different direction in this segment, and Joe opened the bottle and started pouring. That, that's when you go with it. You know what yep. I'm saying? That's when you go with it. I love it. So uh, we will take a break here. We'll come back. we got more to do. I want to drink some more of this, and we have some beers to taste as well, including... Including the uh, seafood. Oh, yeah. You've been on the show before. You know what we do. Uh, so, including the seafoam from Galveston uh, Bay Brewing. So, we'll get to that uh, momentarily. As Joe refills our glasses, we take a break and we'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. Now, we're actually going to have some more stuff that's available specifically at the Musician. That was wonderfully timed. <laughs> Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. We are uh, live to you from our studios in uh, greater Houston, Texas. Uh, Joseph Breda from uh, Old Humble Distilling is our guest. We're going to be trying a beer in this uh, segment from uh, Galveston Bay Brewing. Ian, one of your absolute favorite breweries, and I know this to be uh, to be a fact, is Bell's Brewing out of yes. Kalamazoo, Michigan, correct? Yes. Uh, yes. So... Bells, we have some bad news and some good news about Bells this week. Bad news is they've been sold. Oh, no. What? Yeah, yeah. Good news is they've been sold to New Belgium Brewing Company. Oh, yay. So, but, but New Belgium is owned by... Uh, it's owned by Lion, uh, yeah. which is... So, it's, so it's, it's a... That's why I'm saying it's, it's a bad news, good news thing. It, they didn't sell to AB. Or to Miller Coors, so that's the good news. Because one of the things that Lion, who is the um, the ownership company that now owns New Belgium, is, you know, I'm just going to say this: they didn't fuck with Fat Tire. Yeah, uh, it's Fat still Tire is every bit as beer. good as it uh, as it was to begin with. So I'm just uh, I'm just pretty I'm pretty okay with this whole thing. But Bell's has always felt like one of the most indie of the indies to me mm -hmm. in in many ways not that they're like 
super experimental. They're not like Ingenious where they come out with a, a, a wacky new twist stuff. on wacky stuff every other Thursday. But but they've always just had that independent spirit about them. And, and they're not afraid to put out some different things, mm-hmm. too, which is... Yeah. Uh, Larry Bell from uh, Bell's Brewing uh, says that to be able to join forces with New Belgium is a really good fit. He says, the thing I like is that the two companies share so many values around safety for workers and sustainability and philanthropy and commitment to the community and, of course, to quality beer. And, and New Belgium is known for being a very quality outfit. And safety for workers. I mean, if I fell into a vat of beer, I would fight you off bravely. <laughs> yes, you would. Yes, you would. <laughs> you would try to save me, but keep, I would not be having Keep swimming, it. Ian. Keep swimming. We'll be back in an hour. <laughs> uh, so, I'm, pi- I'm picturing the scene from Strange Brew. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm of a certain age. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's all right. I think we were referencing Airplane earlier, so we're of a certain age. As well, like so. movies about gladiators. <laughs> so, uh, so Ian, this is from Galveston Bay Brewing Company. It's their sea foam. It's a cream ale. Speaking uh, of where the water comes from, yeah, yeah. A good dear God, I hope the water didn't come from Galveston Bay. You know, they have a they have a slogan in in Galveston Bay when you go down to visit. Uh, when you're down on the uh, on the water there, it's that uh, any uh, medical uh, uh, waste that you pick up is yours to keep. I, that's that's so, one of the benefits, I yes, think. Uh, exactly. Uh, one of the perks uh, of, uh, so, of going down to Galveston. No, I will say I love Galveston, but it's not the most beautiful beach in the world. It's much nicer than it was when I was a kid. I, yes, yeah, I, yeah, go, yeah, I yeah, go in the water and no, I don't get tar stuck on my legs totally, like I when I was yeah, a kid. Totally has gotten better. <sighs> Which and, was a thing. And like I'll tell you, down at uh, down at Alan Denny's place at Galveston Island Cigar Lounge, when you're Sitting on that back uh, uh, patio, and the sun's cigar, going down. The sun's going oh, down. There, there's very few experiences that oh, are yeah. better. Very nice. Uh, so, so it's very nice. Uh, but this is Galveston <laughs> Bay Brewing. They're actually based in Dickinson. Uh, this is their cream ale. Ian, you've been doing research, so I'll let you go first. So, on the nose, the very first thing that happened when I poured it in here, the nose had a little bit of a funk to it. Yeah, I noticed this. Uh, it's interesting, and not necessarily in a bad way. And it still has a little bit of a funk to it. Uh, as far as drinking it goes. Um, it's nice. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't think this is going to win any um, beauty pageants, so, but it's nice enough. So how does it compare to, say, a Buckle Bunny? Mm. Buckle Bunny has a lot more character, I think, overall, mm-hmm. if I was going to put them side to side. Uh, this right here is, uh, it's got a little wateriness to it. It seems very drinkable, I would It is say. drinkable. This is, I like, uh, there's nothing bad about this. You know what I like about but, it? But, but... It's not standing out to me in any real you know, way. It, it leaves a, a little uh, saltiness on your tongue after you swallow it. And when I say saltiness, I mean that in a good way, like like a salted piece of watermelon. Mm-hmm. You know, Not that it has a watermelon flavor, but it's that same sort of like, mm, right. that, that, that kind of makes you want another drink. I will say it's definitely got that going for it. I like it. I think it's, uh, it's not what I think. You know, when I think cream ale, I kind of think of Boddington's, something that has this really thick body to it that okay. has, has a real uh, uh, sort of a, a, a thicker mouthfeel. And this is definitely not that. As Ian said, it's even a little watery. But uh, but it's not bad. I like. You the ever flavors. go see a, a, a you ever go see a good local band, and uh, is this a trick question? Because no, no. <laughs> I mean, like, you ever go see a good local band and they have someone opening for them that you never heard of before, and you listen to the band, you're like, God, that was that was really pretty good. But after you leave the show, you can't remember any of their songs. Uh, I've had that happen like uh, hundreds of times. That's a little bit what this beer is doing to mm-hmm. me. It's not a bad beer. Mm-hmm. It's it's entertaining enough. 
while you're uh, sitting drinking it, but I don't think it's something that I would seek out and, and look for. It's fine. Yeah. I, I would love, I think, to sit out on Galveston and have this on tap. I bet that would be Ooh, bet, oh, yeah. that would a nice be experience and probably draw me a little more towards this beer because sometimes our surroundings and our experiences well, there's yeah. no question. Yeah, will uh, will uh, enhance the the beer. I mean, put, I w- put yourself on a uh, wooden I, deck with the with the salt water uh, breeze. Yeah, and uh, the salty air. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I could the, see this in that situation, especially with the salty air, because the salty tang in the air when you're in Galveston or you're on a coast somewhere that mm-hmm. really does change flavors of mm-hmm. things. Oh, it really does. Yes, because you taste it. You know, I mean, it's in mm-hmm. the air. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested. I bet this is really fun in that situation. But the bottom line is, it's not. It's not winning any beauty pageants for me right now. But it's not bad. It, I, I think it needs a good. needs a garnish of a lemon. Oh, that, that a little lemon bad. garnish. Or you so know, yeah, but it's extremely fruity beers. Might, it might is be, extremely drinkable. It says really good with certain foods. It says there's a perfect place for every beer. And no brew sides better with sand and sun than our seafoam cream ale. See, that's what I'm saying. Maybe when you're there, especially when you get the salt air and everything, this classic American style is unique, light flavored, is incredibly easy drinking. The ideal companion when you're uh, taking on some Gulf Coast waves, or taking on a whole lot of nothing. Um, I'm for it. I certainly wouldn't turn it down uh, by any means. It's it's a nice beer. Well, uh-huh. I, and I will I will say compared to some of the lighter beers, you, you know that we've tasted recently. You remember the um, uh, the Untitled Art beer that came in the can, the same shape as the Michelob Ultra can, yeah. and some of the other things. Uh, to me, this has more flavor than those. Mm. It's it's a it lighter does, beer. It does. A, a more and, and I like thing. the flavor that's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's five point two percent, so it's it even a little so, okay. a little bit bigger than you think. Yeah. And it's kind of growing on me the more I drink it as well. There's a sweetness to it that uh, I'm kind mm-hmm. of attracted to. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll keep drinking it. We'll take a break. When we come back, we have that video segment that we promised you that we did at the uh, Whiskey Social. And we want to talk a little bit more about what's going on at Old Dumble, including uh, uh, including the genius of the process behind uh, this uh, double wood. Because this is... Uh, this is a double, uh, double, double oak. oak. Double oak. Double it oak. oddly pairs well with the beer, though. Does it really? Now, see, you may have to pour me a little more of that uh, because I have drained mine. Uh, let's let's try that. That's interesting because you don't think of a pairing a whiskey with a beer this light with something yeah. creamier. You think of it, you know, with maybe porters and stouts and things like that. I've, but uh, I've done whiskey with apple cider. Mm. Apple's one of those flavors that you'll find in whiskey, though, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apples and cinnamon, like that kind of that kind of thing. But a, a pint of hard cider and a shot of whiskey go together really well. I will well. tell you, this com- <laughs> the the um, the double oak completely changes the taste of this beer. Oh. It's interesting. Yeah, All right. yeah. See him, see him after they actually that. pair well together. They do well, mm-hmm. like uh, mm-hmm. going both directions. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm liking it. All right, I'm going to continue to explore this while we take a break. We'll be uh, right back. It is smoking and toasted. Smoking and Toasting, this is the radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Apparently, Ian, you know, you know how um, you'll look at something on the internet, and then that becomes all the ads that you get with every website yeah. become targeted uh, what, to that? What is that algorithm? Because it's always the one thing that you yeah. only look at once. Yeah, uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently uh, the internet has decided that I'm really interested in getting a dachshund. 
because I keep getting all these these images of dachshunds playing and running around and ads for pet toys. Uh, on, on the uh, on the comments here, Brian uh, Wiki Brian has posted uh, since we were talking about Malort earlier. He goes Malort. The champagne of pain. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Although still, the greatest potential Malort slogan ever is, Malort, tonight's the night you fight your dad. <laughs> that one is fantastic. This is hard to beat, isn't it? What about, uh, Malort, these pants won't shit themselves. <laughs> Uh, see, that's 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 the spirit you want to be associated with, right there. Uh, so, so um, uh, for the holidays, smoke cocktails are apparently a big thing. They tend yes. to be a bit polarizing among bartenders and some cocktail enthusiasts. Uh, many connoisseurs who've been following uh, the trends for many years might tell you that smoking uh, cocktails are old hat. But there's a few that we want to share with you because they're on Liquor.com, and those guys seem to know what they're talking about. So, mm -hmm. if you want to. Find the recipes for any of these. Go to liquor.com and just look for the smoked cocktail recipes. But I'll share them with you here. The first one is the smoke break uh, that was uh, apparently uh, you know, originated with uh, Jake Lorel, a Los Angeles bartender. He created this decadent Manhattan riff with a playful twist. Uh, it uses bourbon as the base along with a split of cream sherry and sweet vermouth and finishes the liquid components of the drink with two different types of bitters. Then for the smoked element, it uses a smoking gun. I don't know if that means an actual pistol. Still <laughs> no, there's a there's smoking, a little but, there's but, a little uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, know. Yeah, okay yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, it uses a smoking gun uh, to harness the sweet uh, woodiness of cherry wood chips and lets the rich smoke infuse the cocktail uh, in a sealed vessel. Then to serve it, you pour it into a rocks glass over a large ice cube, and that is the smoke break. Mm. I like the name of it a lot. See, ironically but, enough, the smoking gun is actually the knife from the OJ trial. Huh. Oh, so you wave that over the yeah. glass. and it, uh, <laughs> That's the irony of the whole thing. It's yeah. not even a gun. <laughs> uh, the second one is Smoke on the Water. Uh, it's a juicy take on the margarita created by uh, Carlos Perez, who is a Chicago bartender. They use a flamed rosemary sprig as the source of smoke. Okay. So I, I don't know whether you, it's still on fire when you put it in the drink. I don't know. Uh, but he anyway, he mixes uh, artisanal mezcal with Contreau, watermelon juice, hibiscus syrup, and lime juice. Mm -hmm. And it comes out very pink. It's uh, fruity, smoky, and bursting with nuanced notes of citrus in which uh, the mezcal and the smoke come together to create a pretty seamless pairing. Now, mezcal is smoky to begin with. Yeah, so, yeah very. Uh, so that, uh, that gives you something. And then number three is bourbon Toscano. Uh, the unorthodox Old English riff is made with a straight bourbon uh, with Aperol and rosemary spice bitters, and it gets its smoky flavor from ice made with water that has been had smoked cherry wood chips floating in it. Oh, yeah. So you put the cherry wood chips in the water, you, you let it infuse, you pull the chips out, you freeze that into ice, and that's where yeah, the smoke so comes that from. That will get actual smoke flavor in there, too. Oh, you, yeah. you, you would yeah. think so. Yeah, to garnish, uh, they call for a rosemary sprig and a dehydrated orange wheel. Which you got to be I dedicated. Have of, I have a bag of those in my you got to be dedicated you know. for that, though, because you got to prepare that like hours ahead of time. Yeah, that's, a, yeah. that's a lot of work yeah. for a cocktail. My cocktails tend to be whiskey in a glass. Then that's it. Yeah. That, I'm, I'm very much like this guy. Yeah, if you it's add an like, ice cube, it's a cocktail, right? That's right. When like, I add an ice cube, I call it, it a cocktail. Yep, swirl yep. it around and 
Now, I kind of like this idea. The rum and smoke, it reimagines the Negroni, creating a drink that's heavy on the base spirit, aged rum, and fortified wine, Oloroso Sherry, uh, with a touch of bitterness in the form of uh, Grand Classico bitter. Uh, the mix is balanced with a bar spoon of smoked rosemary syrup. So they balance it on a bar spoon. Uh, yeah, which sounds like it's an interesting thing to do. Um, it uh, it gets the smoke from the burnt rosemary this is, sprig. This which is where also, the flavor comes from. Also used as a garnish. <laughs> the uh, if you, it says here, if you enjoy cocktails that skew sweet and nutty, you'll love this warming elixir. Hey, to me, anything with rum in it, I, I will sure. try at least once. You, you know? know why they use rosemary and not sage? Because if you uh, smoke the sage, it makes the spirits go away. It becomes a virgin drink. Oh, because that's uh, yeah. that's what they do like ex- for houses and stuff. It expels like, the spirit out of your I drink entirely. That, that makes total sense. Uh, that makes total sense. Or it does nothing, and they just charge you an extra hundred bucks. Welcome to smoking and toasting. <laughs> Dad jokes. <laughs> and, uh, Dad jokes edition. Yeah, don't get me started on those ghost hunter shows, uh, please. Oh, so this is so crap. We don't. We don't have enough whiskey to get me started on the Ghost Hunter show. <laughs> uh, the final recipe is a Revenant, which sounds kind of like a second-tier superhero in the Marvel uh, uh-huh. Universe. Uh, but best uh, for advanced home bartenders or cocktail professionals, they say. But let me uh, let me run this down for you. It's smoke cocktail using a fairly uncommon method of incorporating uh, smoke. John Filkins, who's the beverage director at Officina and Masseria in Washington, D.C., boils Fee Brothers Aztec Chocolate Bitters and Cardamom Bitters to create a smoke. Since both of these bitters are glycerin-based, they smoke rather than burning in the way that those made from alcohol would. Um, He uses a Turkish coffee pot and a high heat, uh, it has a high heat tolerance that makes it nearly instantaneously smoke the bitters when they hit the surface. This is advanced bartender stuff here. Uh, to capture the smoke, he inverts a snifter over the hot pot until it's filled and then quickly places a coaster over the mouth of the glass to seal it. The actual cocktail is a spirit-forward mix of bourbon, uh, chinado, and dry curacao, a blend that falls somewhere in between a Manhattan and a Boulevardier. It is an interesting drink, if purely for the novelty of the technique, I will not be trying this at home. So oh, it, it occurs show to me, at six o'clock yeah, to I get know. your drink before <laughs> they close. It occurs to me that you can make like a smoked Look. old fashioned. Yeah. By taking a, a a glass vessel that's maybe a little bulbous on the bottom, mm-hmm. and you pour your ingredients in there, and you swirl it around, and then on the front is going to be a tube with a little bowl that you put your tobacco in. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a long stem coming out. Tobacco. Where you I'm draw the t- so you're I'm, manually drawing the tobacco you, through your yes. drink, mm-hmm. time after time after time again, mm-hmm. and then you pour that into your glass. Mm-hmm. That seems like an easier way to do it than infusing ice cubes. You're so, saying a whiskey bong. Yeah, I was going to say you're saying make a cocktail with bong water. Is what we're saying. <laughs> I mean, you could choose whatever kind of uh, whatever kind of tobacco you want to use in the bong. Yeah, yeah, right. I, but yes. Uh, what is a bong, anyway? I'm not familiar with that. Um, I know what a bong is. Uh, yes, I believe we've all we've all understood that. <laughs> Spent an entire week jamming stuff in bungholes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you see, this is how it happens. The guests come on the show. Do you ever have a bunghole get loose? <laughs> oh, you know. 
the guests when come that happens, on the show. You just use a hammer and just they they bring whiskey, <laughs> and uh, and before you know it, this is where we are. <laughs> so what you're saying is, when the bunghole gets loose, you need a hammer and a larger plug. Right. That's you just exactly. uh, tap it on in there. Kind of like the. We're uh, talking about whiskey, people. <laughs> kind of like the we're whiskey, talking yeah. about whiskey. But this is what happens. This is what I keep saying. Uh, we started uh, the whiskey way too early. <laughs> I, know, I will. I will say though, this actually, no surprise, but this actually gets better and better yeah. as you drink it. It really does. It kind of opens up a little bit. Uh, I'd be interested. Uh, even to try this with uh, a little bit of ice uh, or a little bit of water added to it. it, it does, oh, you're going to make it into it a cocktail. A yeah, but that's right. That's what we've been it, talking it about. It opens cocktails. up that flavor a lot yeah, when you I add had, a little bit of ice. I had a feeling. Uh, yeah, now, what I would recommend for folks who are doing smoked cocktails at home mm-hmm. uh, to definitely have the smoke go through the spirits mm-hmm. as it comes out because then it will actually dissolve into the spirits as opposed to just sitting on top. Right. Uh, alternatively, fill the glass with smoke and then and put let, your cocktail and in. let yeah. the, the smoke kind of linger and attach to the glass. Because mm-hmm. if you if you fill up your spirit and then like put it in one of those little chambers and it just like floats over the top, uh, you're not getting as much of the smoky flavor. Well, and as complex as, as some of these cocktails were that, we, that were on this list, what Ian was saying is absolutely true. If you just want to make a smoked old-fashioned, yep. you can do that by doing exactly what you just said and then mixing your drink in that glass. Right. Or I mean, the, Are you suggesting the one that my they, method wouldn't work? <laughs> that's, that's a perfect <laughs> uh, process. But, but the one that sounded really, really good is where they took the uh, uh, charred wood and Put it in the water, then froze the then water. Froze Use the, the ice because that yeah. would dissolve the compounds into the water, mm-hmm. and then the ice becomes the vessel that dis, uh, uh, disseminates the smoke into the drink itself. You, see, I would just have to be so careful because I'd be the guy that would do that, and then my guests would be complaining about getting, you know, uh, fragments of, uh, of of the wood in their uh, in their teeth and stuff. But and I also I also recommend to people to not be so bougie that you have to make. Elaborate cocktails that has like well, giant look, listen, factories that produce them. If, if it's fun to do. Yeah, do if, it. If but you're geez, Chris drink Morris, the whiskey. Yeah, if you're Chris Morris, <laughs> you know, go for it. You've got the skills and the uh, ability yeah. to. You, you don't. To you don't have to mix your cocktail with a device that's run by strictly an ostrich <laughs> on a you know that, on a treadmill. Yeah. The, scene, the scene from Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory <laughs> where they're making the uh, uh, the. Uh, uh, Food, the the candy that tastes like the food, and it's like yeah. and it like spits out the one little wafer of of candy. <laughs> That's what I picture with some of these cocktails. Yeah. Um, they, they're in this right. giant room and bunch of accordion things that just poke. I- I One think, little wafer. I think you're right. <laughs> I have poured Teal Ridge into a cup oh, and indeed. distributed mm-hmm. amongst y'all. I want to tell you while you're Ooh. taking a nose of this before Ooh. you take a sip. I want to like tell you juice. one thing. Flintstones vitamins. Oh, now you're going to ruin it. I was getting orange juice. I was getting orange I mean, juice. Yeah, it looks kind of like Now a, I got Barney Rubble. It looks kind of like a grapefruit it juice. It smells like juice. Flintstones vitamins. Uh, like, that's not a bad thing. That's kind of a pleasant smell. Well, I don't know. It takes you back to maybe, it depends how good your childhood was. Well, hey, well I never had anyone force feed me Flintstones vitamins. <laughs> True. True. That was All an right. every morning thing, though. Eat your Flintstones vitamins. They, yeah. they must have had the monopoly on children's vitamins at a certain point in time. Mm-hmm. You know? well, I'm sure they did. Because everybody you talk Name to. Name another children's that's, vitamin. That's our age. It was all Flintstone vitamins. Yeah, yeah, it's at them, absolutely. Um, I can't wait to see what you say about this. It's got a lot of flavor in the uh, smell. Well, so I, I actually like this a lot. Now, it it on the nose, 
it promises one of those very citrusy, almost uh, um, juicy uh, IPAs, and it certainly is that. But there's definitely more hop going on when you uh, when you take that sip, and it's got a little bitter lingering on the tongue, enough to make me think you might not like it. I don't know. It's got a nice balance to it, though. Opinions? Now you're not an IP. You're not a hop guy. That tastes like sure. a, a hoppy stout. A little bit of fruit. It's got a big mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. It does. It, it drapes over your tongue. It's got a lot of hops, uh, but it kind of it kind of drapes over your tongue. Kind of like it's it's got a lot more body to it than our uh, Galveston Bay. Um, uh, oh yeah, no seafoam has. It has a lot more body to it. Almost, I mean, creamy, almost like a stout, but a lot of hop to it. I will remind you that the name of this brewery is Hop Butcher for the World. Yeah. So they're, I believe it. they are not in any way uh, shy about telling you they're into hops. Yeah. So it's not subtle. No. This is so way. incredibly hoppy and resinous and bitter mm-hmm. and incredibly balanced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is one of the best made. This is like, remember that Elvis juice that you brought on? Yes, yes, from Brewdog. Yes, this is a lot like that, and then this is extreme. Oh yeah, there's no but question. But it's very it is, well done, and I it recently is in your face hop. I recently yeah. uh, went to a friend's house, and he had a, a refrigerator full of Stone IPA. Mm-hmm. Just the regular Stone IPA, and yep. the black, the black can. It is uh, hop forward. And my I haven't friend. had that in ages, and I remember just how freaking good and balanced that is. Mm-hmm. This is like that, but with some Flintstones vitamins thrown in. <laughs> I mean, Stone, it really does taste like that a little bit to me, but like this is a great beer. This is fantastic. Stone okay. has a double IPA called Fear Movie Lions, and it this reminds me of that a little bit. It's just super hop forward, but the balance is so good that you just go, "Yeah, okay, I got you." If you took if you took even a little bit of the middle out of this beer, a little bit out of the balance, I would absolutely slay this beer. Uh, I would, I would, I would absolutely hate it. I would be like, "This is terrible." But this has so much of the sweet balance in the middle, the sweet multi balance in the middle, that it it doesn't leave you with that resiny pine cone thing. Even though mm-hmm. there's a hint of it, it's like I could do this, but it's not. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is incredibly well balanced. This is a very well crafted beer. So, like, where sea foam was kind of reminds me of a like your second day at the uh, beach house. And there's like just this guy who was there, and he was there the whole time, but you didn't realize it until the second day. <laughs> this one, the guy is, on the couch, I know that guy. Yeah. And you're like, who's that guy? Oh, it's, that's Mark. Like, when did he get here? Well, he was here when we got here. I didn't notice. He was sitting next to you on a plane. And, and like he's like, here, have an, he's like, here, have another beer. And you're like, cool. And like you let him stay till the rest of the week. This one just like shows up on Wednesday, kicks in the door, and brings some friends. <laughs> yeah, that's the difference between the two. And he I doesn't even, even think, introduce. I don't himself. even think you could taste the first one after drinking this one, though. This is I, so big. No, I think you may be right. <laughs> I think you may be right. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. That's a whole lot. Oh, so uh, you know, I really enjoy uh, like Lacroix, you know, uh, or the even the off house brand water. sparkling yeah, yeah. waters, the unsweetened ones. Mm-hmm. So when I go back to that first beer after drinking this, it's basically a barley Lacroix. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will just say I, I was gonna I was gonna tell you that the uh, IPA does not play well with the double oak, but actually it kind of does. It just turns it into a more straightforward whiskey. Uh, it takes some of the nuance out of it, but it leaves a really 
pleasant, straightforward whiskey taste. Yeah. See, when I was doing my research for the rise, I found a lot of people that like rise, like IPAs, well, and they like about, them for yeah. the same reason. Ian's talked about this a lot, that a lot of times uh, rise go well I, with IPAs, IPAs. And, and rise go well together. And I will tell you, now that I've done a second sip of the Double Oak, um, yeah, they do play, play pretty to, well together. To tie this in, uh, I, I happened to be up at um, my friend's bar, the... Uh, um, New potato one day, and I noticed he had a bottle of uh, Basil Hayden Rye, and I hadn't seen it up to that point. I hadn't seen it before. I was like, "Is that Basil Hayden Rye?" And he goes, "Yeah." I said, "Can I have a shot of it?" So he gave me a shot glass with it in there, and I happened to be drinking a um, a, a, a two-hearted ale, which is oh, right. Bell's, Bell's mm-hmm. an incredibly good IPA. Mm-hmm. And I took a sip of that rye. And I was like, that's a nice ride. I took a sip of my beer, and I was like, what just happened here? They <laughs> yeah. formed like Voltron. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. No, those, those and two... that's how Reese's Peanut Butter Cups were born. <laughs> right. <That's> right. Exactly. <laughs> hey, you got your rye in my IPA. <laughs> you got your IPA in my rye. <laughs> wow. And rye PA was invented. But I will say, I've had some of the rye IPAs, and I haven't really cared for them all that much. Agreed. You know? So, so it doesn't do as well together in a can, although I don't think it has any actual rye whiskey. I think they're just imparting some of the, the flavors. But anyway, mm. uh, I, I thought that was uh, I thought that was maybe uh, it just needs to be aged in the barrel. Maybe it does. So speaking of aging in a barrel, yes, sir. Um, so you guys have re- uh, are releasing this. Tell me again when we can expect to see this in stores. We will be finishing up our bottling process hopefully this weekend. I'm going to put out a uh, call for volunteers on our Facebook page. Uh, we need between six and ten volunteers to come in and help us finish it up. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it'll be into Wednesday or Thursday next week. And uh, the distributor is coming to pick them up either next week or the week after. And then I expect them to be in stores by mid-December. Mm-hmm. Tell me about um, the volunteering thing. How? Uh, <laughs> what, what's the time for the volunteering? Uh, be about twelve to four. Twelve to four. Yeah. So four hours of volunteering. Yep. And four hours of volunteering. Bit, and a little bit of whiskey. And, and, a little and, bit of whiskey. And you provide whiskey while people are volunteering. We gotta do quality control. Gotta do gotta, quality control. Gotta make sure that it's good stuff. And this is just off of 1960 in Humble, Texas. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And that it'll be on our Facebook page, and we'll talk about it tonight on our. Uh, I'm talking podcast to you, Sue. I know where you live. <laughs> You're right around the corner from there. <laughs> and then, uh, hopefully, we'll get most of the work done. We'll be largely finished by the end of the day Saturday so that I can finally take a day off. So you mentioned that you guys are opening a tasting room there at the distillery next year. Is that right? The plan is to get the tasting room, the full tasting room opened by uh, May. Okay. Uh, that's, that's the finger so crossed hopeful timing. target. Yeah. Yeah. The weather starts to get nice. You know? I want to point out that the last time I saw your distillery, mm-hmm. and I'm going to put distillery in air quotes on that one, because it was just a bunch of stuff in a room at that it point. Was. It was a bunch of stuff in a room. So, at that point. Uh, so how far have you gotten on it? Uh, well, we've got our. Uh, You're up our, and running. All your stills, stills are and operational. Everything? Our steam generators in. And, uh, the distillery portion is there. It, it's everything's done. Okay. operational, and we're working uh, pretty diligently. And you were telling me you're planning on because you've got that nice outdoor area too. So you're planning on having some bands and that's the plan and uh, stuff like that. When we open up the tasting room, of course, we'll be able to have people inside doing stuff, but. Next week, the 20th, Saturday the 20th, uh, with the introduction of our rye, we're going to kind of open up, not the patio, open up a parking lot area. Uh, I'm working on getting a band. We, we're going to have a bathroom finally. 
mm-hmm. so that people can actually come, have a little snacky snacks that so will be open from 1 to 4. Now, you had a very natural organic bathroom that I used last time when yes. I was there. Yes, this this bathroom will actually was... have walls. It'll be a okay. temporary bathroom, but it'll have walls. <laughs> I love it. Uh, as well as the natural bathroom. Yeah, so so the the, the restroom <laughs> that I use used, uh, used a very natural grass filtration system. Yes. Uh, yeah, and that can be, that can be appropriate. Uh, yeah, yes. no flushing, no water loss or anything yeah. like that. We, we are in the woods. We are, so, we are deep, in, <laughs> deep in the woods. So once we get to May and your uh-huh. uh, your tasting room opens, will it be the type of thing where we can come there and maybe taste some things that aren't available Absolutely. at retail? Absolutely. And that's one of the cool things about having a tasting room. It mm-hmm. affords us the ability to make small quantity runs of stuff that we're just testing. Right. And, uh, and see how people respond yeah, to it. Like right? the rice whiskey that I'm working on. That may never get out of the tasting room mm-hmm. unless people love it. And then we'll make a huge batch and ship it out to the stores. Uh, but I don't really have stuff I don't have a passion for, like rum and vodka. Those make good cocktails, so we'll have uh, you know limited amounts in the tasting room. And, See, now, have uh, you been making rum? Never made it. Okay. See, I mean, we, I know how, but we've never done it. Right. Joe, we just need to hang out more because if you hang out with me, I will I will get you to the place where you do have a passion well, for especially rum, but maybe even vodka. Well, I mean, I, I just can't. Right now, I, I can't you're picture wh- your whiskey focus. Taking I get it. I get it. Still time away from my delicious bourbons. <laughs> uh, going, ah, let's make some rye. No, there's or, uh, there's definitely uh, you know, something some to rum. be definitely something to be said for being focused in on what's working for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I get it. And and, and, and it, as we fill out our menu, and we have you know our full production stuff available, and we're we're kind of in a pattern for operations, and we have an extra day or two to use on the still to make something experimental mm-hmm. making a honey rum or making a absinthe or making a you know a one-off gin or something like that you know we can we can afford to uh uh print 500 labels and there we go we I have a line and it be, sits in the distillery absinthe would be really interesting that would be really nobody interesting. has really yeah. you know people talk about no one it does a, lot, a local absinthe. Nobody, exactly right. that's what that i was would be getting incredibly at. cool that's a whole yeah. niche yeah. market yeah. for it's, your it's, own it'd be kind of neat but see if it's a run of say 500 bottles of absinthe no liquor store no chain no store they're not going to buy that right. the, the distributor's gonna not going to pick two. that up and it's not really going to be worth it for me to do that for right. distribution but you know a 500 bottles could be a six-month supply at the, at the tasting room and that'd right. be perfect and you Maybe can buy it at the tasting room yeah, yeah. so yeah and nobody's going to buy it for like but so like things you know. like especially for uh, uh whiskey distillers things like uh like gin and uh, vodka are pretty easy to put out if you need to. Oh, yeah. Because that's just, you start the first part of the process. Exactly. And then you repeat the first part of the process, and you put it in a bottle, right? Right. There's <laughs> so, no there's no uh, aging that needs yeah, to be done, nothing like that. It goes stuff. straight from the still, almost straight from the still to the bottle. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's something, because a lot of brewer, uh, distilleries have done... That where they start up and they make those things first because mm-hmm. you got to try and turn a little bit of profit. Right. But I don't think you you haven't done that at all. You went straight to whiskey. Didn't we you? skipped that step. We 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 did a limited in our original iteration as the uh, big thicket distilling company. We did a dog trot vodka that was a hundred proof. Uh, but well, hundred proof vodka doesn't sell very easily uh, <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> but, uh, but also, there's just it's such a huge market for vodka. And why would you spend twenty dollars for a vodka when you can get it for fifteen? Yeah. When all you're going to do is put it with cranberry juice and be done. Nobody buys sipping vodka, and it's it's you got to sell a lot of it. And it and it was just 
when I bought it, when I when I bought out my partners and I took the distillery full time, there just wasn't enough hours in a day or days in a week to be able to dedicate a portion of our time to making vodka. Well, so you I, just you just skip that whole step. That's yeah, pretty amazing. Yeah. I and, drink I drink sipping vodka. Of course, I make sure it's got some olive juice in it, and I call it a martini. <laughs> but that is sipping vodka, really, because it's not like there's a whole bunch else in there, yeah. you know. And and the other thing that we did, uh, and what a lot of distilleries do, and not at all shamed about it. Uh, we sourced some of our product. Yeah. And for our straight whiskey especially, uh, we were making it originally. And when Specs came and said, can you give us 50 cases a month? And I'm like, no. But I yes. can figure out a way to do it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, and, that, and that's when we, we stopped making the straight whiskey and converted to a source product. But then that's also when I, I had the freedom to start experimenting with extra barreling and extra mm -hmm. aging processes let's, and that's when our special reserve let's was talk invented. about the the sourcing thing for just a second i think there's absolutely no same no shame in sourcing if you're sourcing a good whiskey and it's the flavor profile so, you're yeah. creating i'll be honest the flavor profile some of want. the best whiskeys i've ever tasted were it's blended it's fine what's, what's important about that is to not make wade woodard mad that's exactly right <laughs> That's exactly and right. And just be transparent yeah. about it. No, to to say to say what you're doing. No, you, you're but you're 100 percent correct. Whether you're, you know, a fan of the tater or not, you uh, you need to uh, you need to just be upfront with people because, like you said, there's no shame in in yeah, none at all uh, in uh, blended and sourced no. whiskey. In fact, the if the juice is good, drink the juice, man. That's right, the rye that's that right. you're thoroughly enjoying today was sourced. The, the finishing process, well, the extra barreling, the extra time in the barrel, yeah. that was all done at our distillery. But the base product, yeah, we, we, I, mean, I had to. Well, right, because you haven't had two years to age your well, exactly, own. Exactly, exactly. Right. And when we bring the production back in-house, then we'll change the label to uh And it'll be something different, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it'll be the same recipe, and it'll be the same product. It'll but it'll be, be distilled, distilled in-house. In yeah. House. Yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. All right. Absolutely. All right, got to take a break because uh, we are growing very near to the time for what has, as we point out every week, become the most popular segment of the program, and that is Drinking News. And that is going to be in our next segment. Plus, we still haven't done our video, so we'll do that in the next segment. We get to talk about whiskey and drinking whiskey, and <laughs> well, you know how that goes. Yeah, there you go. We'll be right back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. This is the program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts on the web for cigar lovers. Ian's wearing one today, as a matter of fact. MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Yes, absolutely. I've discovered something as I've been enjoying this, uh, this uh, double oak. And that is that, you know, if you go ahead and have a little to drink, this show's pretty good. <laughs> it gets better as it goes along. It really does, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm it's, it's almost like the show seasons minute by minute until <laughs> yeah. the end of the there, show. There's a reason we wait until this late in the show to do drinking news, by the way, because drinking news, as we pointed out before, uh, is sometimes, occasionally, a story about drinking, but it is always a story that's probably best enjoyed, best listened to when you've been drinking. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When I asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news. 
drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. <laughs> Cheers, y'all. I wish I could tell you why I enjoy that so much. <laughs> I'm not really sure why it is. I want you to think back. I want you to think back to, let's say, middle school Joe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> could you envision yourself doing that right there? Of course <laughs> nope. not. You are now of a part of something not. big. No, nope. nope, not middle school Joe. Uh, <laughs> it's time for the segment called Drinking News, where we bring you a story that uh, we believe to be true. We've sourced it from something other than The Onion or the Weekly World News, and uh, we bring it to you. Uh, you mean to, the hot sheets? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We bring it to you today with uh, our appropriate apologies. A Colorado man. (laughs) A Colorado man was arrested this week for setting his mother's house on fire, according to the Boulder Sheriff's Office. 39-year-old John Charles Steckenbach. It's always three names. Mm -hmm. Yeah, three will always get you in trouble, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Something's going on. Just ask Thomas Hayden Church. That's right. I don't know why I said that. It was just the first three (laughs) three name name I I, I thought of. So, uh, no, 39 year old John Charles Steckenbach was arrested on suspicion of first degree arson, criminal mischief causing $20,000 to $100,000 in damages, and possession of a controlled substance, as well as violation of a protection order. According to the Boulder Daily Camera. <laughs> the Boulder Daily Camera. That, that sounds straight out of a comic book. It, it, it does. This, this story gets better. Isn't that, isn't that who Peter Parker worked for in Spider-Man? <laughs> the Boulder Daily Camera? Uh, fire authorities responded to a fire at a home in the 8800 block of Vermilion Road, located north of Longmont, just before 4.30 p.m. on Monday. When they arrived, firemen said they could see smoke Coming from the roof of the single-story, single-family residence. Mm-hmm. Investigators, maybe he was just making holiday cocktails. Maybe. It could be. <laughs> Investigators say the man acknowledged starting the fire mm-hmm. when he used a blowtorch to clear cobwebs in the crawl space under the home. Oh! Yep. <laughs> and then he tried now to put... That's a brilliant idea. And then he tried to put out the fire for an hour by himself before he called emergency What groups. could possibly go wrong, <laughs> right? The fire was extinguished around 5.30 p.m. No one was injured in the fire, but it did cause about $100,000 worth of damage You know what's less flammable than a blowtorch? What's that? A vacuum. <laughs> yes. Also cobwebs. <laughs> <laughs> also cobwebs. According to an affidavit, the man already had a court order in place barring him from being within 100 feet of the home and being around his mother, mm-hmm. who lived at the house. Uh, his mother told investigators... I, I was so hoping you were going to say barring him from owning a vacuum. Because <laughs> then things would make <laughs> a little more no, you're sense. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely you right. know what else works and, and makes less fire? is a broom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is not... You know, quite doing frankly, anything at all. Uh, one of those uh, 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 leaf blowers would do the job. And on top of that, it's just a cobweb. Right. As far as I know, cobs are pretty nice. Yeah. And, <laughs> and by the way, the cobwebs are underneath the house. Yeah. It's not like they were inside the house. They were underneath it. <laughs> Clean all these uh, up. The amount uh, of effort. Yes, exactly. That went into this stupidity his is mother, amazing. His mother did say to investigators that she'd been allowing him to stay at the home, even though it was in violation of the protective order, uh, because he was homeless. Of course. Yeah. Authorities, oh. by the way, also say and the so man... She... Authorities also say the man was in possession... 
of a small bag of methamphetamine when, a, when the when the cops arrived. Yeah. So yeah. So oh, when uh, you see this dude's picture, he is a definite winner. Yes. So I'm just telling you, kids, <laughs> if you've got meth in your so pocket, so he saw the cobwebs. Yeah. He did the meth. Yeah. If you got meth in your pocket and a blowtorch in your hand, bad things are yeah. going to happen. And and it, it had to be. It couldn't have been he sees the cobwebs, does the meth, and then goes back. He was doing the meth, and then he's like, I Otherwise, bet there's cobwebs why you in the cross space. Or why would you have a blowtorch? Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't just like he's sitting on the couch with a lighter, and he's like, I wonder what would happen. No. He had to, like, get up. He had to get go a under. blowtorch. Yeah, he had to yeah. get the torch, go exactly under the house. All right, look, look, look. So many opportunities for him to say, I'm this might not be a bad idea. I'm assuming the blowtorch was facilitating the meth. In the first place. Well, uh, I don't know how he ended up under the house, but I'm sure there's some sort of pathologic. That may have been where he had to do it. Pathologic. uh, That led him under the house. And he went, freaking cobwebs. That's where he was doing his meth to hide from his mom. I got you, cobwebs. (laughs) I got you. I'm going to take you down. Uh, And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your drinking news, drinking news. That was time for drinking news. Cheers, (laughs) y'all. You see, but you see how much better those stories are if you've been drinking? Uh, You know, I have to play the instrument so I don't get to drink. Oh, like you haven't been drinking during the show? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it would hurt my performance. Yeah, and we don't want to do that. Uh, We definitely, definitely don't want to do that. Uh, the 2020 Cigar of the Year is now available in a beefed-up new size, and it's going to retailers, uh, actually went to retailers this last week. The uh, E.P. Carrillo Pledge Apogee, which is six and a quarter inches long by a hefty 58 ring gauge, I'm will all about bring that. the pledge to a new size. And when Tony Barrios founded Stallone Cigars in 2014, if you're founding a cigar company, why would you name it Stallone Cigars? <laughs> but I, I digress. Anyway, you decided to I, come. I used to own cigars. I still own I cigars. I actually just yeah. recently tried Stallone Cigars. <laughs> and how were they? Uh, one of them was really good. Okay. <clears throat> how was the other one? Maybe I'll do a review about it. One of them was really good. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, he uh, decided when he started the company to combine his two passions, cigars and cowboys, specifically horses. And the Cowboy Series was born. For those who are unfamiliar with the, bl- with the brand, Stallone is actually not a Rocky reference. It translates to stallion in Italian, and each line in the Cowboy Series is named after a specific breed of horse. Of course, Rocky was the Italian stallion, though, right? So that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so it's Rocky Stallone. Yeah, so anyway, according to the company, the blend is full bodied. It is called the Clydesdale, and it will be limited to 1,000 boxes of uh, 20 cigars apiece. So uh, it's made at uh, Tabacalera La Villas in uh, Nicaragua. So it's a Nicaraguan Puro with a Connecticut broadleaf seed planted in Nicaragua for the wrapper. So it does sound like it could be pretty good. Hmm. Could be. <laughs> You're not letting on anything more, are you? Nope, I'm no, not. No, okay. You know who had them though uh, uh, was um, over at Cigar Town. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had them over there when. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I, I picked I up a few yeah. of them. So yeah. I hadn't heard of them. I was like, "What are these?" So I bought a few. So speaking of uh, cigars, Ian and I both enjoyed. I have to tell you, the Milano Serie V Oliva that I had at the uh, at the Whiskey Social was just. I mean. It, Man. Not only was it delicious, that was the straightest burning. I kept showing you, remember, I kept showing you the, the burn line on the cigar? Yeah. It was razor perfect. It was unbelievable. So, hmm. 
you know, I love Oliva cigars. Mm -hmm. I really, really do. Mm -hmm. And the Siri V and the Milanio just takes the Siri V to a level that's so good. And it, and it really is like the super premium Siri mm -hmm. V. It totally is. And it just barely kisses the super v premium price. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. Yes. It absolutely is. It's so good. So we enjoyed them at the uh, Whiskey Social, and we enjoyed a lot of whiskey as well. Here's a little look into uh, the trouble that we got into at the Whiskey <laughs> Social. All right, we're live at the Houston Whiskey Social. Well, by the time you see this, it won't be live, but we're live. At yeah, the yeah, we're live at the Houston. And, and I'm livening up. up. <laughs> I've been livening up more and more as the evening has gone along. Uh, smoking and toasting. This has been such location. a blast. It absolutely has. We're back in the cigar lounge area the with the uh, yeah the grotto as it were with uh, Galveston Island Cigar Lounge and of course Oliva Cigars and our good friend Trenton and uh, wow this has been quite a night did you like blow out all those we, sampler we are packs sold out wow it has been a massive <laughs> rush on cigars from it, the very you know, it's it's entirely your fault you guys were selling the eight cigar sampler pack for forty dollars don't say that don't say that. That, that okay. Is a, that is classified. Strike that from the record. <laughs> event exclusive. Yeah. Next time Oliva is at an event. You yeah. didn't hear that from me, but that's how it happens. Yeah. But next year, come to this event, yeah. and we might have something special again. Yeah. yeah. I know oh, Ian man. mentioned to one of his buddies uh, that you had those samplers going yeah. at whatever that price might have been, and the dude immediately bought three yeah. of them. Yeah. We, so, we got hammered yeah. so fast. So, yeah. It was, it was, but, uh, but it's been a great event. Did you have a chance to walk around and do a lot of tasting? I have not had one single chance to walk around we have been able to get a couple bottle service deliveries oh, but you know that, that it's was nice. it's nice to be important in the uh, cigar well, and beverage there, there was some trading yeah. going on here i'm so. sure there was yes I well agree. right next to you guys of course is uh is uh dalmore yeah christian Alave and dalmore and i'm sure that he's been sharing his cigar malt with you the cigar malt oh, right see, here that's what i'm talking about this that's is a special about. bottle just for alan yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, look, if you haven't had the cigar malt, it's so freaking good. And I've had so many good things here tonight, but this is a hard thing to top it, in any, it's in really any good. time. I mean, it really is. Amazing. Now, um, you mentioned to me uh, a bottle, and I went and tried some. It was outstanding. Uh, of Whistle Pig. Whistle Pig. Uh, that is it, such it, a cool story. It is It is a road trip. Yeah. Is that what it's called? A road yeah. trip rye? It, it apparently, well, you tell the story. You so, remember it better. So it starts in Vermont, goes to California, and it starts in a Jordan uh, a Jordan wine barrel. And then it comes. And they, they put it in a truck and drive it to yes. California. And then they come back, and it's in uh, a Waller beer barrel. And all then, the way back to Vermont. All the way back to Vermont. And the cork is topped with part of a tire. I love it's that. Really cool. Part I of the tire. That. That's yeah. tire. Crazy it's cool. Really yeah, cool. yeah. It's uh, it's just so awesome. The creative things that are happening in the world of uh, of spirits and of cigars right now are just tremendous. Speaking well, of, that's the deal. You agitate the barrels, and and your whiskey, so, you know, evolves. Yeah, right. So it was a takeoff of the Jefferson Reserve. They ship it across the ocean, yeah, and yeah. they're like, you know what? We can do this. We trucking do this it across in a the truck. Country. Yeah. Across the right. US, why not? Route 66. Why Let's not? Do it. Yeah. Why not? Especially of, the roads in Alabama. That will agitate some shit. <laughs> yeah, you're right about There's that. There's a lot of bad roads. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of things that are creative, uh, when you were on the show last, we got to sample the newest cigar from Oliva. It was outstanding. And you Fantastic. Told, you told me earlier tonight that's just about to ship, right? It, it shipped 
Friday. Okay. So it's going to start hitting the stores hopefully next week, and that's the limited reserve uh, uh, Series V 135th anniversary, and it's a 12-count box, $10 per cigar. So the reason I bring I'm it so up on it. is because if you're interested, and you should be because we've smoked one, uh, if you're interested, you need to go to your favorite cigar store next week. ASAP. Yeah, yeah yes. next week, or you won't be able to get one. So uh, it is it is a spectacular cigar, maybe the best Oliva I've smoked. Wow. Then that's saying a lot because, you know, you, you, you guys, smoke some you guys set the bar pretty high. I will say, I had a Serie B tonight that just knocked my socks off. Well, that was, sitting, a, that was a Maduro. Sitting sitting there smoking the Maduro, yep. just uh, enjoying a little whiskey and kind of taking in the sights and sounds of the uh, Houston Whiskey Social. There's a lot of sights and sounds to be seen tonight. Yes, absolutely. And some of them were Alan Denny. Most some of them, them were Alan Denny. Both the sights <laughs> and the sounds. Yeah. Most of them. So, Speaking of the Alan Denny. What's up, brother? Alan's kind of mad at me right now. Oh, is Alan? I, I tried fixing his back tonight, and yeah. uh, it didn't work so well. Oh, uh, well, you know. Somebody, you know, you know just to FYI, the cigar booth was right next to the Jura slash Dalmore booth, yeah. and we have... What the heck is that? Like, I... What what is going on? Y'all are doing a podcast without me? Yeah. Alan wants to fight me right <laughs> now. Sometimes so they happen. <laughs> I love you guys. I still love you. <laughs> Alan and uh, speaking of put this amazing event on and it's speaking of whiskey right next literally in the booth right next to where the cigars are happening we have Christian over here oh you gonna say hi to Christian oh hold on Mr. Christian oh he's packing up Ian I don't know if he's uh I'm sure he'll he'll uh stand up and talk to us for a moment (laughs) hang on guys (laughs) this man has been supplying me with whiskey for you know Half Most the evening, actually, yeah. has been very, very M- generous. Most of the pandemic. <laughs> Most of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, so How was your evening? Tonight? It was. It was really good, man. We had a, you know, it was a good turnout. It was really good to be able to, you know, get in front of actual, you know, live people. We're we're starting to do that, so it's a lot of fun. <laughs> And so uh, that's how it went at the uh, <laughs> at, at the whiskey social, which was a lot of you fun. You guys got to see uh, good old Tex Denny. Mm-hmm. Tex, <laughs> he was definitely playing the role of Tex. Uh, Tex, I noticed Denny. that. Yeah, yeah. and he was, uh, Fantastic. he was playing it well. But what fun, man! I, I thought that it was as well represented, as well attended, as uh, so, as well done Trenton. as any. Showing off the cigar malt and mm-hmm. smoking the Milano, man, so good. And then Christian um, Oliva. Christian Olave, yeah. Olave, yeah. also Olave. Oliva, Olave, yes, yes, sorry. <laughs> Mixing up the two things. Uh, from uh, from Jura and, uh, and, and Dalmore. Dalmore. Woo! Yep. Yeah. Such so, a nice guy, so much fun. The Whiskey Social is a ton of fun. It's, we, a, it's a good party. We certainly had a, a good time. So uh, it's time now to turn to uh, some uh, Imperial Stout. And we've had the Big Bad Baptist on the show before, but this is the Big Bad Baptist Reserve. And I will warn you, Ian, I've had this one because they didn't want to call it the Bigger Batter Baptist. Do you mind taking just before you pour? (laughs) Will you take a a whiff of that? And because I've had this for a while, and I always worry, you know. Um, this smells like a barrel aged stout. Okay, good. That's what I was hoping for because that's what it's supposed to be. I remember who was it we had on the show? We opened up. We opened up the. The the stout and she took a whiff of it before you and I did anything and she's like, 
it smells like soy sauce. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, when, when you, let age a little when you too have long. them aged a little too long, they can they can get that way. But Look you know, that. for a stout like especially, it takes years usually. Yes, it usually does. So, years. So, so talk to me about what this is. Ian. In lieu of calling it Epi- bigger, batter, Epi- or Baptister, res- they called it Big Bad Baptist Reserve. Uh, Imperial stout with coffee, cacao nibs, and coconut Ugh. added, and aged in whiskey and rum barrels. Mm, mm. Wonderful. By Epic Brewing. Um, Epic Brewing, by the way, is out of Salt Lake City, Utah, which is, I think, a hilarious pa- place to be a brewer. Because the vast majority of the people who live there will not buy your product. Yeah, it sounds like an yeah. interesting place yeah. for... Uh, you know, because obviously... I imagine the people that are left over, though, are really about your product. Dude, <laughs> uh, you want, Very loyal. I, I've never been, but I'm guessing <laughs> if you want to have a good time, find your way into a bar in Salt Lake City. Because the people there are going to be like, woo! Yeah, you've distilled it down to us. only the people that really want to be at a right, bar. Exactly. exactly. Uh, so if in you, this trust bottle, Maxwell, though, yeah. that's and, not the place to put in it. In this bottle is a blend of the best barrels from our three different 2016 to 2019 Big uh, Bad Baptist projects. Uh, crazy flavors were not the focus. Um, in this release, rather... Uh, it's hard to read. It's rather simply the smoothness, most delicious blend of the legendary beer that we can ever. Oh, this is the most smoothest uh, and delicious blend that we can ever make from these uh, releases. We hope you enjoy this offering. Ian, I just cannot wait for you to taste this. Oh, I tasted it already. Oh, you did? Okay. So why aren't you talking about it? Mm. I was talking about the label there. Ooh. This is... Um, this Ooh. is not a punch you in the face. Not at all, but it is kind of stout. But it is silky mm-hmm. in the way that mm-hmm. that like a really good chocolate mousse is silky. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it is melty in the mouth. Um, it leaves a bitter, bitter like a, like a bitter chocolate yeah. dryness and astringency in the in the mouth. Coffee up front, mm-hmm. chocolate in the back. It leaves yeah. a slight coffee aftertaste. With chocolate on the lips, this is outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> this tastes the way a velvet jacket feels. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> you know, Joe, I gotta say, you've come up with several of these today That's that good. have been just really, really spot on. That's and really that is good. that is hundred percent right. It tastes the way a velvet jacket feels. Yes. And it gives you the same vibe that you would get when you slipped into a velvet smoking jacket and yeah. you're ready for an if elegant. If you could evening. bottle this flavor. Oh, wait. I think they did. I'm going to pour some more in there. <laughs> I think they did. No, it really is delicious. But, yeah, if you could tailor a coat made out of this flavor, you it know, would be a velvet. It would be like the a, baddest a coat red known to man. Jacket. You know, we've had a number of Imperial Stouts on the show and supporters and, and some very big beers that have done some amazing things with flavor. And this one is no exception, but this one, in my mind, is a little more drinkable. Than some of so, those. It's not just about, it's got a, hey, look what we could do. Mm-hmm. It's also about, this is delicious. It's got a medium to medium full mouthfeel. They they seem to be riding a gray line on this in a lot of ways. First off, the carbonation is almost too much, but not. Mm-hmm. The mouthfeel is almost too much, but not. But not. I, I agree the, on both counts. The, the amount of flavor overall that you're getting is almost perfect from the beginning to the middle to the end of the palate. The aftertaste is dry oak and coffee, and it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm enjoying the aftertaste. Not as much as I enjoy drinking it, 
but right. but yeah. it's there. But it's close. to be enjoyed. I could I could drink this all afternoon. Yeah, this and is by great. that I mean this cup all after there's <laughs> there's that much flavor to it. Okay, you so, just take a sip and just savor it. It's so really good. I just went from this back to a sip of the double oak, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the double oak is all about chocolate. Mm. Yeah, it's just like wow, like a chocolate explosion. I'm still going with gingerbread palate. too. Yeah, oh, it's like there. Chocolate it's there. and gingerbread. Sure. It's uh, mm-hmm. that's working. That is. Yeah, working. this beer, this beer is is literally one of the best stouts we've had on the show. It's I would bad. agree with not you. Not bad at all. They, they've done a very very they, good job. Very they, impressive. We've had some great ones, oh. but I, I think this stands toe to toe with any of them. Easily, this the balance on this is so fantastic. So yeah. it's interesting today. We've had an extremely well-balanced IPA, <laughs> an extremely well-balanced stout, and an extremely well-balanced rye. So balance seems this to be is the balanced episode. It's the watchword of today's there it uh, is. of today's show. Namaste. All right, uh, I would like to watch Ian pour me some more of this while we uh, take a quick break, and we'll be back to wrap up the show. Uh, Joe Breda from Old Humble Distilling and his really delicious double oak in the house, and we'll be right back to wrap it up. It's smoking and toasting. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 259. We are all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, and we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. They make great shirts for cigar lovers on the web, and they are a uh, supporter of us, so please support them. We appreciate it. MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Yes. Joe Breda from Old Humble Distilling has uh, been our guest today, and uh, Joe, I know... I know there was a little uh, uh, confusion surrounding uh, today and the time, uh, which I heard about. But I just wanted to say thank you so much for making it, for not doing a yellow rose and like uh, just completely leaving us in the uh, in the uh, in the dust here. And, so. and to be fair, I knew the time. I just got tied up. I, I understand. I understand. Uh, but but again. We, we appreciate you uh, hustling to make it here and appreciate you uh, bringing this uh, excellent whiskey. Now, Absolutely you, glad you to be said, here. Thanks for having me. You said something to me uh, during the break, and I wanted to come back to it um, and, and have you say it during this, this segment. Sure. Uh, you mentioned that you were doing a live stream from the distillery, mm-hmm. and someone asked you what the difference was between good whiskey and great whiskey. Sure. And I loved your answer. I'll, I'll make it as brief as I can because I know it's the last segment. So, yeah, uh, starting Monday at 11 o'clock, we did 72 two hours of live streaming from the distillery. Wow, that's a commitment uh, But it, right wasn't, there. it wasn't 72 hours. It was 72 hours of live streaming. So it was really about 24 hours that we got over the course of 72. Mm-hmm. And it was just transferring the whiskey, proofing the whiskey. It was the work day. It was what we were that's doing. Awesome. We were bottling up. We bottled up almost 40 so cases. So you can actually watch the process. Oh, yeah. That's and amazing. And it's there on our YouTube channel. And, and I was going to say, people can go back yeah. to the YouTube channel and YouTube find it, right? And you fast forward through it. But awesome. uh, we it. are, by the way, seven subscribers away from 500. And if we get nice. 500 before our podcast tonight at 9 p.m., I give away a bottle of whiskey. Oh. If we are at 499, tough. <laughs> the gung-ho rules, straight up. I love it. I love uh, it. But yeah, yesterday I was on and somebody asked me uh, the difference between good whiskey and great whiskey. And this was this was something that I've, I, I had to think about because it's a, it's a tricky question. And when I thought about it, the answer that I decided I settled on was that the distillery makes 
good whiskey. The best we can offer you is good whiskey. You, the person who buys the whiskey, you make it the great whiskey because you drink the whiskey and you have the experience with the whiskey to either turn it into something horrible that you'll remember for the rest of your life. Uh, <laughs> and we've been, all, been we've there. all had been there. those yeah. stories. Mm -hmm. Or something remarkable and memorable that you remember for the rest of your life. It was the flask that was passed around the campfire when you were at the beach or it was the uh, that one remarkable, uh, that one good dinner with your family or uh, 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 the wedding that, you know, the groomsmen were passing that particular flask around, whatever it, whatever that experience is that ties that drink. And, and the example that I used uh, is actually a another distillery out of Waco, Texas, that makes brimstone uh, corn whiskey. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had that before. Balconies. It is delicious. It smells like a campfire. Uh, but it also smells like the hotel room we stayed in when my brother got married because they used the same oak uh, at that hotel to uh, uh, light the fireplace in the hotel room. Nice. So when we were off at the reception, we come back and the room's uh, hot. It's warm. It was February 2nd, so it was snowing in Santa Fe. Uh, the room was warm and it had that chimney chimney that went through the room, little adobe room. So the whole room smelled like this scrub That's oak. That's so awesome. And when it's I such a great up, experience. Yeah, when I opened up that thing. bottle for the first time, it smelled like that hotel room and I forever tied those two together. Mm -hmm. And that was 100%. one of the things that we always want to shoot for is, is we make a whiskey that you can drink and, and, and tie that drink to something else, which is why I describe this not like you know nuts and oats and all the stuff that it normally tastes like, but it, it, I describe it as something that you can be familiar with. Right. It feels like a velvet jacket tastes. I love or it that. tastes like a velvet, a velvet jacket that. feels. And we, we, this is something that we talk about on the show. It's like the reason we love all of these things, cigars, craft beers, uh, great spirits, it's because these experiences are some of the best experiences in life, you know? Hanging out with a great buddy, enjoying a really weird craft beer or mm -hmm. a great whiskey or or a here's, wonderful cigar. Like this thing. is this is this is as good as it gets. I love I love where you go with this. I want to point out just a couple quick things. First off, uh, we said enjoying a great beer mm -hmm. with friends. Sometimes Drinking something that's not so great and talking about it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes um, a whiskey that's not so good. Or sometimes just hanging out with friends and having a good time. Even if you're, uh, even if all you've got is a box of wine, those mm -hmm. are the things that stick in your mind. Right. So if you can accompany that with, you know, a good drink instead of a box of wine, it's even better. And yeah. the thing mm -hmm. that the thing that really matters about everything you said is experience, experience, experience. Mm -hmm. What are you experiencing when you try this? Right. That's a lot of fun. Like a lot of us get to try new whiskeys or new uh, uh, new beers and things like that in bars. Mm -hmm. But what's your situation like? Are you sitting out with friends? Are you having a good time? Are you just hanging out? Like those things are the things that stick with you. The beer itself, the whiskey itself. I'm not going to say it's secondary because it's not entirely secondary, but mm -hmm. the experience is a lot of what you remember. Well, yeah. you're absolutely right. I, I think about this last weekend at the Whiskey Social. We had a lot of different whiskeys, you know, little small mm -hmm. samples. We had some rums and some other things. We had an incredibly good Oliva cigar. You and I both smoked mm. a Siri V. That ingenious right. Houston Bourbon Society uh, the, beer. Oh, oh, my God. That was terrific. It was so good I wanted to put it on my nipples, and they're not even sensitive. <laughs> but, but the point is, 
that what I remember the most is hanging out with you yeah. and my wife and your wife and our other good friends, Adam and, and other good friends at the table. All hanging out. That's yeah. what I remember. That is the experience. And that experience was enhanced and multiplied by how great of a of an evening we had in terms of tasting mm -hmm. but turning things into an experience you're a hundred percent right joe that's that is what it's all about you know and I, that's what can take a good whiskey think, and make yeah. it great and and I'm, I'm convinced i mean these are this is a recreational jug you should not have to fight your way to the bottom of a bottle you should not have to fight your way to the bottom of a glass if you are get a better drink this is a, I think, a grown-up way of saying. Who was it that said, you know, you, you need to look at the worlds with the child's eyes? You know, like, like look at everything as a, as a, as a fun new experience. Like a kid goes in with no expectations and is always wowed by stuff. I'm not sure who you said know. that, so I'm going to go with Justin Timberlake. Uh, Sam Kennison. <laughs> it had to be one of the two, right? <laughs> but uh, uh, but Sam Kennison yelled it. God but, rest his soul. <laughs> but the bottom line is... Child's like, eyes! But the bottom line is going in this... You guys are making it awkward. <laughs> the bottom line is going in with those like lack of expectation. Instead of saying, you know what, this is what I expect from this whiskey. Let's go into it and like let's try and start from brand new and go... This is what it smells like. This is what it makes me feel. Yeah, We're having yeah, fun. Yeah. And the truth is, this whiskey benefits greatly from the fact from the fact that we all like hanging out with each other and we're mm -hmm. all enjoying it and that's just the truth with anything 100 percent. and it makes our 100%. show fun you know we've been accused of liking everything we don't like everything entirely but you know what <laughs> i like this show and i have fun on it yeah well absolutely and the idea behind the show is to bring on stuff that we're yeah. prone to like i like two-thirds of the beers y'all gave me today oh so yep. they, see so there you go I'll i'm be at honest. least there well. and you know and then it, it boils down to the way we do our cigar quote-unquote reviews we we just tell you an experience mm -hmm. we're not right. Right. We're not saying this is the be-all, end-all. We're not cigar aficionados. No. Yeah. And nor are don't, we trying to don't be. Don't pretend I, to be. Yeah. And, so, and I like cigar aficionados. <clears throat> I love what I do they too. do, but that's not what we do. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah well, I strongly encourage people to buy a bottle and share it with their friends and then buy a second bottle so you don't have to. But that, that's that's good advice. <laughs> and that's a great place to end the show. Joe, thank you so much so good. for being here and being a part of this. This uh, Double Oak Rye is absolutely sensational. Thank you. I love it. And I'm like, uh, I, I don't want to say this even too loud because I'm afraid you might change your mind, but I can't believe that this is a $35 whiskey. $65 when it whiskey. Yeah, yeah that's, exactly, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what no. I'm saying. I mean, I've, I've been to the stores. I've seen what's on the shelf. It is a lot of those ryes are overpriced. Well, you will you cannot do better than this. Uh, there are, there's saying. also a diminishing returns once you get money. past say forty ish. <clears throat> well, sure. A lot of times it just you start working on the refinement of whiskey, but the juice is not that much better. It's not mm -hmm. twice as good. This right. is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I can't believe you have it at this price point. Don't change your uh, yeah. don't change it until after I go to the store today. Yeah, Roger that. Exactly. Or come oh. to the distillery next Saturday yeah, uh, and you can pick yeah. yourself up one from yeah. the distiller. Uh, that sounds like a good plan. <laughs> well, that's the idea. I love the way he thinks. 1120 uh, will be open from 1 to 4. Come on out. Thank you. Old Humble, you guys are uh, among our absolute favorite distillers, and we thank you for what you do, Cheers. for representing our area and being so awesome. And uh, thank you guys for being a part of Smoking and Toasting as we bid you goodbye and say cheers.
to you. 